Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Friday night. Hope you're doing great. Uh, welcome to a new series. This is a new series called Dave's Picks Number One. Uh, it's top five modern delays. Top five modern delays, if I can say that correctly. Modern delay pedals. Delay pedals, exactly. Not <laughs> knock rack units, exactly, or anything like that. Well, there are no modern rack units. Except for like a Helix. Yeah, yeah, that's all that's all you got. Exactly. Pretty much. So uh so anyway, I hope everybody's doing great. Um, we're looking forward to doing this. Been talking about it for a while. Um, what we're gonna do is we're going to run through the pedals. There's, they're not in any particular order of like, like this is number one and this is number five, right? Right, Dave? Uh, no, not exactly. There's no particular order. It's essentially, it's what I've found over the years to be uh, the most user-friendly, the, the least amount of trouble, the best sounding in a variety of categories. So, you know, you have... Um, you know, you have maybe Echoplex style delays or, or uh, modulated styled analog delays or more modern digital delays or different things. So we're going to kind of touch on all that stuff. Um, so, um, so I guess we can just start off right into it. Uh, let's do it start right into it. Um, so Echoplex delays. Echoplex delays are interesting. Obviously, it's uh, a delay that's mim mimicking an old technology of the tape Echoplex, generally speaking, the EP3. And the one I actually picked, where Mark jumped the gun a bit, <laughs> is the Dunlop, uh, the MXR Dunlop uh, Echoplex pedal. Um, that pedal has, uh, first of all, Sounds in, you know, most of the time this pedal, you know, these pedals are designed to go in front of an amp, meaning in front of a dirty amp and or a clean amp. Um, and that's the thing. How does it sound in front of a dirty amp? Uh, most of the time a delay pedal in front of a dirty amp, as you guys know, doesn't work that great. But really an Echoplex was always designed and the classic Echoplexes were always designed to go in front of the amp. So um, this particular pedal does that very well. It, it really captures, compared right to the um, my Echoplex I have, it sounds fantastic. So if you're going to try to do that early Van halen kind of thing or Jimmy Page kind of thing, this Echoplex pedal is great. And to top it off, you have uh, a tap tempo uh, capable on this pedal. So that's another fantastic feature. And it does work in front of a dirty amp or in the loop or in a clean amp. It's it just an overall simplistic, but great sounding pedal. So that's definitely my number one for the Echoplex style pedals. Now, Dave, do you have any recommended settings on this in terms of if it was gonna go in front of the amp? Well, um, I mean, it, it's, really depending on what you're trying to do with it. So, um, I mean, like, let's say you're trying to go for that Van halen thing. That was more like a around a 300 millisecond delay with one repeat with the mix to taste, but pretty low probably in front of I was going to say, it would have to be, the level would have to be pretty low in front, right? 
Exactly. And then you can adjust the age of it a little bit to sound a little darker, a little more degraded on this if you want. Um, uh, it's It works great. I, I put it, I remember I did a, a rig not that long ago for Toshi Anagi, uh, kind of a Van Halen inspired board. And, and, and this thing just sounded incredible on that board for that, for that kind of thing. And so awesome. that's a, that's a really, really good pedal. Cool. So guys, I'm going to put after the show is over, I'm going to put links for Sweetwater and, uh, another vendor who sells one of the other pedals. Uh, so you can go there and purchase them. And of course, that's to help support the channel also. So um, just wait till after the show if you can. And if you want to buy these pedals, click on the links that we have in the, con you know, and below the video, which would really help us out. So yeah, that would help us out a lot. But if you have another story you like to deal with, you know, feel free to grab, yeah. grab it from whoever. It's, uh, okay. it's uh, a killer pedal. Agreed. Killer Agreed. Pedal. All right. Um, so, so the next one. Do we do this or do we have anything? Uh, I guess we can do the questions like. Yeah, let's do the questions after. after. We run through the list. So yeah. everyone can comment or criticize my list. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next kind of delay category for me is a uh, modulated delay pedal or, or modulated and or analog modulated delay pedal. So pretty much the, the, the cream of the crop with this is the Electroharmonics Deluxe Memory Man. Now, this particular one that I'm recommending is the new Deluxe Memory Man 1100 TT. So uh, this pedal um, is fantastic because it added uh, some features that were kind of sorely missed on the kind of vintage style ones. Um, it had uh, basically a tap tempo feature, which is fantastic. Also has an expression pedal port, uh, and you can do a variety of different uh, tap divides for the tap tempo. Um, I first put this particular memory man on um, Steve Stevens' pedal board because uh, he wanted he he found it actually, and then I'm like, wow, this one sounds great. So this sounds just like kind of the older ones that existed, um, and but it has a lot of more modern features to it. So I, I know it's a little bit on the bigger side, but hey, it's still smaller than the original Memory Man. Now, now my other favorites of that were the very first reissues of, of the Deluxe Memory Man, um, which were in kind of a, a metal, <clears throat> folded metal uh, case, uh, like the originals were. Um, and not quite as fragile as the originals, uh, that was also a fantastic pedal. But you know, for modern day features, this is this is killer and it has that tone. So you can do all your crazy analog delay kind of stuff. You can do like the U2 edge kind of things with this. You can do great wobbly modulations and tripped out things with it. it it's just a great overall analog delay. One of my favorites. There's a lot of other analog delays that are favorite, but I, I think this maybe is the you know cream of the crop with them as far as I'm concerned, the classic. See, I've never tried it, but um, that's cool. And it also kind of goes to the question in the super chat that we just got from Brian S. Thanks for the super chat, Brian. Um, let me see if that works when I put that on there. It does. Wow. Um, 
does David prefer his delay in front of the amps or in the loop? Also, does he have a product amp pedal or guitar he's most proud of? Uh, well, let's take tackle the first one if we can. Um, and then it, you can. It, here's what it depends on. It depends on what you're trying to do with your delay and what sort of tone you're going for. <clears throat> I mean, if you're going for, um, let's say, for instance, the edge from U2, those delays are all in front of amps. I mean, he uses a whole variety of pedals in front of amps mostly. Um, and and that has a particular sound. It's generally a cleaner repeat, uh, especially if you're going into a dirty amp. If you're going into a clean amp, it kind of doesn't really matter. Um, in fact, in a clean amp, there's really no point in having an effects loop. Um, that doesn't really serve any particular purpose. Uh, and uh, dirty amps is where that comes in. Analog delays in general, Echoplex style delays in general, should be in front of the amp. They don't tend to work that well in the loop. Um, so I think uh, you'd be better off with running that stuff up front, especially generally speaking, because you're buying that pedal to replicate one of these classic sounds. Like for instance, um, uh, a good example of that is, oh God, I can't really think of it. If you think of some of the classic Rush songs, uh, which, of course, I can't think of which one I'm thinking of, but you can hear a delay, and you hear the the amp is dirty, but you hear the repeats being sort of clean and running off. That that's that wasn't um, you know a delay in front of the amp. Um, now the Echoplex pedal I mentioned, even though it goes in front of the amp, it sounds quite gritty, so it doesn't quite have that kind of like. You know, if you just take a, like a little boss delay pedal and stick it in front of your amp, the repeats are totally clean. With the, you know, the Echoplex, they're kind of gritty, so it kind of blends in better. Um, but definitely, you know, yeah, analogs, Echoplex is in front of the amp, for sure. And this, and this memory man would go probably in front. the loop, right? No, front. In front. Oh, okay. Yeah, this analog, analog delay. This is this is traditionally oh, in front. Steve. Steve's board, it's in front. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. That's cool. You know, it just, again, again, it depends on the kind of music you play and what kind of delay you're looking to do and what, you know, what kind of amp sounds do you go for? Right. So it's, it's all over the map. Okay, cool. Yeah. So moving on to another pedal. Um, now we're going to get into some slightly more versatile pedals. So this, these, these were kind of the basic you know, analog modulated delay and um, then make all sorts of quirky noises. The Echoplex, which mimics the old vintage tube, uh, not tube Echoplex, but uh, EP3 Echoplex. Um, and now we're getting into something that's kind of a Swiss army knife. Uh, so uh, Strymon Timeline would be the next on the list. Strymon Timeline kind of does a little bit of everything. So it's got a digital delay setting. It's got an echoplexy kind of setting. Uh, it has uh, a modulated delay sort of setting, pattern delays, reverse delays, swell delays, all sorts of stuff. It's a MIDI piece. You can switch MIDI presets on it. Um, now, this is an important part that I like, and everything on my list will have this. Uh, it's an analog drive path. So meaning 
your dry signal is not passing through an A to D or D to A converter. So there's no, there's the dry path, there's zero latency, hmm. um, which is, uh, can be a huge thing, uh, depending on what kind of rig you're using. If you're using a parallel effects loop or series effects loop, you could run into all sorts of phasing issues uh, sometimes. Uh, like for instance, like if you put this in, a, if you put uh, certain pedals that do not have analog dry path in say the loop of one amp, and then you're using another amp also in conjunction with that amp. You now have sort of a, a time delay, so to speak, on one amp. It's actually causing a slightly out of phase tone if you run them both at the same time. Interesting. So they're not purely in phase. With an analog drive path, that doesn't go through any latency, zero latency. So, um, so the Strymon is an analog drive path, which is super important for me. Uh, this pedal is really a great um, sound design pedal, so to speak. Uh, it does, you know, it can do all the the crazy sound design kind of delays, the lo-fi delays, the filtered delays, and some crazy, you know, ambient style things. Works really particularly well for for a variety of things. So. Um, this is definitely a, a winner um, as far as uh, uh, overall great delay. Tried and true works. Put them in tons of rigs. Cool. Um, any favorite settings on it or sounds? Well, again, that <laughs> favorite settings. Again, that kind of goes to depending on what you want to do with it. Um, oh, I mean, for you, anything that you you know that you've heard really good out of it, or just curious. I mean, I mean the 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 tape delay is really good in it. The uh, the filter delays for a really crazy ambient kind of stuff are really cool. Um, I mean, again, it's the delay serves a purpose. All of them sound good. Uh, they they I I knew the original designer of these pedals who started the company, and who now has moved on to Maris um, pedals, and and uh, Terry was really, really into getting all this stuff really right. Cool. So, yeah. All right. I haven't tried it, so I'd have to try it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, Timeline, Timeline's a fantastic pedal. Um, well, I, you know, Strymon, I hear, it makes great stuff. So Yeah, all, the, all their stuff is really good. Um, you know, again, I'm trying to pick a variety of different things here mm -hmm. uh, that – I know work well, that are easy to use. Um, the Strymon is all of that. It's very simple. It's very simple to use. Um, so that's that's a huge thing. Because if you're spending an hour trying to figure out how to make something work, yeah, no. <laughs> that's yeah. just a no for me. Been there. And even yet, worse, if I'm building a rig for someone and I'm spending an hour trying to figure out how it works, mm. that's not really not good. Because <laughs> some, you know, I'm used to working on stuff like this, but some other people are just going to be really lost with it. It's you know, yeah. too complicated, I think. Of course. I mean, if it's going to take you an hour to pro, I can't imagine what uh, would take just a layman to do it. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so the 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 next pedal 
that although it is a, it is a costly pedal, um, uh, kudos to how it looks and everything else. It's the free the tone uh, flight time uh, delay. Uh, it's a bad company out of Japan called Free the Tone, a uh, company that does rigs and they make a variety of pedals. Um, it's probably, well, it's close to the most expensive pedal, I think, on the list. Now, originally this was designed, if, you, if you're familiar with a TC2290 pedal, or not pedal, 2290 delay, the, the readouts and everything will look very, very familiar to you. So originally this was designed to mimic the tone of a TC2290 uh, delay with all of its features and some, uh, some added features. It's just so simple to use. It's, it's really easy. Just punch in your delay time. You know, everything is, there's no hidden knobs. There's no hidden anything. It's all right there at your fingertips. And uh, sonically, this thing, the thing I look for a lot in delays is, is something that I, I'm a fan of really old rack gear and things. So all those had a kind of a sonic signature or they had a, a tone. They had like some sort of, we would call it juicy quality about them. Um, this is one that has an incredibly good, <laughs> deep, juicy sounding uh, delay tone to it. And this is digital, so most likely would go in the loop. Uh, yeah, this. Well, I mean, you could use it in front, but it's it's it's. Yeah, this is good for the loop. This mm. is great for the loop. Has a uh, the new version has a, a plus four or negative ten, negative twenty, whatever they call it, uh, level switch on it, so it can take you know, higher signal levels or lower signal levels. Has a dry kill switch on it too, in case you want to use it with a mixer. Uh, Instant preset switching, it's MIDI. You can switch, uh, I don't know how many presets it has, a ton. <laughs> uh, and this also too, same thing, has an analog drive path. So, you know, your tone's not getting screwed up by running through it, really. Right. That, this, this probably goes out, this, this and the next pedal would probably be the, the, the you know, the loop pedals, in a loop of an amp with the, the, the greatest, richest sort of tone to them, I think. Does this, uh, is this in stereo? This is not. This is a mono delay. Hmm. It's okay. not stereo. If you want stereo, you need two. Ah, that's too bad. I wish they had stereo. Um, this, uh, outside of Sweetwater, is Motor City Guitar. You guys check them out. This is an old friend of Dave's. and uh, a good friend of mine. Yep. Let's check them out. They they have it. Yep. Um, oh, and by the way, it, um, sorry, Dave, you were talking about uh, price. I think the Strymon was more expensive than this. The Strymon was almost four fifty. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I forgot. I thought the Strymon was four. Uh, four forty nine. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I think this is a pretty good price on the free of the tone one, though. I think it's a little less than I've seen it in some places. <clears throat> But uh, it's a good one. I just love how it looks. It looks amazing. When you see it up close with the readout and stuff, just looks unbelievable. Is it big? Is it bigger than? No, it's, it's small. It's smaller than the Strymon. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, it's not big at all. Because um, it, it looked, you couldn't tell the dimensions. On... I mean, it's it's not as small as a, a, you know, a tiny boss pedal, but it's, it's 
it's not very it's not huge at all right right it's, it's just a box like a box probably like you know enough for two switches so it's a little you know yeah similar in size to the next pedal on our list uh which is of course and everyone knew i was going to say this the boss dd 500 why do i like this pedal well this pedal does anything uh, you, you want your analog delays, you got it. You want your, um, you know, uh, filter delays, you have it, shimmer delays, pattern delays, dual. Vintage Digital is the clone of the old SDE 3000s. Also has tape and analog. And uh, it's super easy to use. This is the one, this is the pedal. What I like about these pedals, what I like about Boss in general is I find that you can probably get around on this without ever looking at the manual. Um, you know, if you go in, if you go into edit on this, it's pretty much you edit in the up and down arrows and you, you see everything that's right there. It's really simple to edit and store and, and, and everything. It's, uh, it's the workhorse digital delay pedal. That sounds really good. Um, stereo in, stereo out. Mm-hmm. And also analog drive path. As long as you don't change the, I was told, as long as you don't change the level of the drive path. I think that's what they said. Hmm. I never do. Because uh, then it'll switch into a different mode or something, and then the drive path is not um, analog. Right. Yeah, this is a great pedal. I have it. I actually run it for my wet dry wet setup. So it's running in stereo and it's set on a bank. You can do two sets for one bank, A and B. So I set A to one setting delay and B to the other setting, like, you know, three, like 400 and 800, 390, you know, whatever. Um, And running it in stereo. And that goes to the two outside cabs and Sounds phenomenal. It's great pedal. Yeah, this also has high headroom. It takes it'll take uh, uh, pedal level or, or line level. Uh, it just uh, overall it works. It's really easy to just do stuff with. I mean, you know, oh, I need to external tap tempo it. Okay, well, I can find that in two seconds. Unlike uh, other certain companies, sometimes it takes you an hour to try to figure out how to do something. Um, so yeah. I mean, this is proven. To be a workhorse on the road and rigs, and it, it just really works well. I'm happy it exists today. Yeah, and the what is it? The vintage delay mode is uh, like the vintage SD- digital is the yeah. SDE 3000 clones. So they went really full out to try to nail that tone. Yeah, it's great. And, and it does a, a man. It's like I would call it 98 percent there. <laughs> and that's what I have. I mean, it's like you're set up in at Nam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We except we had the STEs, but right. I wouldn't have any problem using the uh, this one. Exactly. Sounds great. We got another uh, super chat from Purposeful Porpoise. Thank you. Cool bit of delay trivia. Vivaldi used to write delay into his music. Listen to Winter from his Four Seasons near the end, especially. Cool stuff. I know hmm. That's interesting. Cool yeah. bit of trivia. And cool. thanks for uh, sharing that with us. Appreciate it. Super right. cool. So, you know, and some people are going to say, you know, probably I'm missing something here. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good pedals out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm just picking 
I was picking the top five that work extremely well, are easy to use, and uh, you know, I I have full confidence in them sending them off in rigs on the road and anything like that. Um, now there is another pedal that is going to be my call call my honorable mention, um, but it has some little faults maybe. Um, the uh, Eventide H9 pedal. So the H9 pe pedal is a, a great, useful pedal for a variety of sounds. But there is some things with it. Um, one, uh, its preset switching is uh, incredibly slow. Uh, it's not instantaneous, that's for sure. Um, two, there is not an analog drive path in this thing. Uh, three, this thing has to run in a loop because if you stick this in front of anything with gain on it, um, it hisses like no tomorrow. Even yeah, even type pedals are kind of notorious for having a lot of hiss to them, especially if you're putting them in front of an amp. Hmm. Uh, in the loop, that's non-existent. Um, but, you know, the other problem, this pedal sounds really good. Don't get me wrong. It sounds great. You definitely need your phone to program it because if you're going to try to program it on the front of it, you will need the manual, which you'll have to be reading off your phone anyway. So at that point, you might have to program <laughs> it on your phone. Um, and, uh, and, and the other thing that this does that's a little weird, it also flips the phase completely uh, from input to output. So if you were to, say, have this in a loop, and it was in the loop of a dual amp rig, and it was only on one side, one, it doesn't have an analog drive path. Two, it actually flips the phase. Um, so all that stuff is, like, just kind of headaches for, for you know, the average person to deal with. Hmm. Um, but it does, it does sound great. I do. I do have to admit, and it'll do great things. Like it's really good for like the Leslie feature in it. it sounds great. Um, it's great for delays and pitch stuff. Obviously, the reverbs are, are good. I mean, it's great for a variety of things, and and often are in a rig that I wind up doing. But it definitely has a few little quirks and faults to it. Right. Gotcha. Now, if you're going to run this um, with, say, like a, the detune, would that go in the loop or would that go in front? Uh, probably in the loop. Okay. Probably in the loop would be better suited. In fact, running this in front of anything dirty is a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you also have this, like, like I, the way I do, I'm just asking for myself, getting my own personal advice here. Um, if you have a wet, dry, wet setup and it's running into a separate power amp, that's, yeah, still. that's fine. That's fine. And running the detune that way, where the center is the dry, and then kind of the outside yeah, is that detune. Right. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But really, if you're doing that, I'm assuming you have dry in your wet cabs, also. You know, I don't. I don't know if I do or not. How do you? How can you tell? I mean, the way that I. Well, I mean, on your. DD500, if you have the delay going. I mean, if you turn the delay off, does it come out of three cabinets? No. No? I don't think so. It okay. only comes up. Then you have it wet, which which is all wet. Um, 
generally speaking, like all the guys that you're trying to emulate had dry in the, the, the all three cabinets. Oh, wow. Well, I'll have to connect um, with you. So when, when their effects were off, three cabinets, exactly the same volume, all dry. Oh, I'll have to figure out why. Eddie and Joel Holmes and Steve Stevens and hmm. all the guys that used to do the wet, dry, wet thing. Okay. Well, I'll connect with you offline and figure out why that is, why I'm not getting a dry signal. Well, you anymore. just, like, if you just had, for instance, if you have the line out feature delay pedal, your delay pedal, you just use the mix on your delay pedal. Oh. Okay. You don't have kill dry on or anything like that. I mean, you just use the mix on your delay pedal. But you need an analog mix. Now, the Eventide, you won't be able to do that. No, I've got it running through the DD500. That's the delay that I use. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, but the H nine, if you want to use it for detune, you can't. You need a dry path really to do it right. You need a mixer. Oh, uh, I see. I got you. Otherwise, you, the, your your cabinets are going to be uh, out of phase slightly. Hmm. Won't sound good. Interesting. Okay. I mean, one hundred percent wet doesn't matter. You can do it. Right. Because you have no dry, but. Once you get the dry in there, right? I got gotcha. you. Uh, we got a super chat from uh, John McDonald for five. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Um, you know, let me take this off. So that was the top five with the honorable mention. Um, like I said, we'll put the links below so you guys can click on them and go purchase these pedals if you like. Or like Dave said, you can go wherever you like. Grab them, use wherever. Yeah, I want to do. Exactly. But whatever you do, just make sure you press subscribe and click the bell. Please. Please. We need you to do that. Um, so let's go to some questions. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you guys want to ask about what we talked about or not what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Bilson, I found my sound Yamaha SG EP101 Pre straight into the front of an orange Rockerverb 50 Mark three. Cool. Very nice. And uh, I think I you, like that. You really did it up with the EP 101 pre into the EP 103 delay. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. But that's a great, the EP 101 pre is really cool sounding. It's great. And based on his YouTube picture, it looks like he's got the Eddie Van Halen Fender replica of Frankenstein. Or he stole the picture from someone. What was it, I'm just assuming that he's got the guitar. It makes <laughs> that's cool. Thanks for the super chat. So I'm gonna uh I'm gonna go up to the top as much as I can here um and see what questions we've got. Uh okay, we've got anyone else a fan of the MXR carbon carbon copy? Carbon copies uh, actually um yes. Um it's a cool delay, but um it's only good really in front of an amp. Um, it's a nice gritty delay. It doesn't work in front of even a dirty amp. Um, it does have some nice modulation to it. It's it, That's pretty cool. In general, though, if you're going for in front of the amp, I th think the, the Echoplex pedal, they kind of top themselves with that one. I think it does it a little bit better. But the carbon is cool for sure. Yeah. 
If you put it in the living room, what happens with it is it, it just really, really dark and murky sounding. So it's not uh, something you'd probably want to use there. <coughs> Unless you like what it does, and then you know, <coughs> there's no, there's no right. What's right for you is what's right. So you know, if you if you want that tone, Mark's dying slowly, dying here. <laughs> I even muted his mic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, using yeah. my mic tonight because we had technical problems, and for some reason it wasn't working. <laughs> I don't know why. Went down the wrong way. I drank. I don't. I can't drink tonight. <laughs> wow. That oh, that was tough. <clears throat> Oh, we got some more super chats here. Let me get to the bottom here. I got to scroll all the way down to the bottom now. Uh, Dave, can you mod a sixty-five hundred five to have a buxom Betty clean? No. <laughs> uh, no, not really. I mean, to mod one of those amps is is pretty much suicide. Uh, it, it, you can't. Um, they're just not very moddable. The way the way they design it with the circuit board and everything, it's just not very moddable. Sorry. That would be cool though. Yeah, if you could. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't. Maybe you could do it, but uh it's um it would be very, very problematic to do it. <laughs> oh. Uh only costs more to than it's worth, right? John McDonald, uh, thanks, John, for the super chat. Uh, yep. What about the Korg SDD three thousand? Are you um, talking about the delay pedal that they made? Uh, super cool delay pedal. It's been discontinued though, so it doesn't exist anymore. So I tried to pick pedals that were in existence today still. Um, but yeah. yeah, that Korg was super good. It, it did it pretty well. I have one myself. Yeah, and we're going to be doing a series of these shows. So, the, you know, another show will be vintage delays. Yeah, favorite vintage delay pedals, favorite, um, you know, uh, vintage rack mount gear, favorite modern rack mount gear, uh, if there exists. Um, you know, we could go on forever with a favorite chorus pedals, favorite old chorus pedals, favorite, you know, mm -hmm. favorite flangers. I don't know. You could get pretty specific with it. Rob Cunningham, thanks for the super chat, Rob. Ever hear of or uh, ever use an Aiken Gold Brick for speaking speaker simulation? I have never had one in my possession to try, so I hear it's good. I've, I've seen some clips where it sounded pretty cool, uh, so, but other than that, I don't know. Okay, Edwin Crane, what's your favorite four by twelve speaker cab for twenty twenty? Well, Friedman. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, um, I mean, I, I come from the old school where I loved an old vintage Marshall 4x12 cabinet. So when we created our cabinets, we, you know, we make them out of the same wood. We, we do the same thing because that's what I liked. And so, um, most people seem to really love our cabs. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I've got one right here. Yep. Boom. Sounds great. Um, hey, we had a question uh, before we jump off the topic of delays. 
Andrew Williams wrote me on LinkedIn, by the way. Uh, which wow. is, yeah. Uh, we're connected on LinkedIn. He said, can you do me a favor on your episode tonight? Um, uh, and can you ask Dave what his actual settings are to, for cathedral or Eddie Van Halen's cathedral? Oh, God. You know, I off the top of my head, you know, I just <clears> – <throat> I just had to do this for someone on a, a rig that we built that was kind of a Van Halen, a more modern Van Halen rig, which was had, um, you know, PCM 70 and the two SD 3000s and the appropriate pedals. And, um, and you know what? I actually, we had to figure it out <laughs> because I don't have the settings per se that were in like Ed's or anything. So we had to figure it out, and I don't remember what we came to. I had Pete Thorne and I sat there and figured it out, um, and I don't remember what we set it to in the end. But it's just a single delay. It's not really. It's not really anything special. It just you have to get the timing right with a, with a, a single repeat delay. Um, Is there a chorus? Um. I don't actually think they're a chorus. I think that was detuned originally. Mm. But the, it's really just a single repeat delay that you use with the volume knob in your guitar and, it, and, it, and just a single repeat. And uh, I forgot the millisecond readout we came to. Okay. You can probably figure it out. That's Sorry, cool. I wish I could be more helpful on that one. No. Do you know what his actual reg regular settings are? No, I don't. Okay. I don't know what after this for cathedral, just regular. Mm. The delay settings on the SD three thousands. That's what that's what he was asking. So um, he was asking for cathedral. He doesn't use the SD three thousand. No, he said, and what his is what is his normal delay settings? So, oh, the normal delay settings are um, well, they vary from time to time. Um, they've been two fifty and five hundred. Uh, they've been 300 and 600. They've been longer. Um, you know, 300 and 600 will get you pretty great echo. Um, probably about three repeats per per delay till it's sort of ping ponging between the two caps. If you're, if you're doing that wet dry wet, actually, you'll probably have to the shorter one. You'll probably have to set the repeats a little longer uh, to get it to kind of even out. And you might have to set the mixes a little different on each one. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> this made me crack up. Tone boner. Here's $5. Mark, buy a sippy cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These things uh, right, how about we just, like, get uh, one, of the, one of the hats with the little beer yeah, can? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. We should do a show with those hats on one time. <laughs> oh, that'd be First great. First of all, I have to find one, but <laughs> right, yeah, you can. Sure, you can buy. That would be freaking ridiculous. I don't think anyone would keep a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon, I'm sure you can get them. Raven Hawk, what delay would you recommend for the BE100, and would you run it in front or back? I think it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. What you're trying to accomplish with the tone you're going for, if you want like a great echo and a great sounding delay, I put it in the loop. I put uh, probably of the, of the ones I recommended the uh, DD500. Uh, 
or the DD200 is also cool that they make. Um, uh, or uh, the Free the Town is really amazing too in the loop. So, any of those. Awesome. Um, let me go to more questions here. Uh, yeah, Brent Harmon says there's a Guitar World interview that has all of Eddie's settings. I mean, like Dave said, it's changed over the years here and there, but yeah, it's changed from sometimes from night to night a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, um, two, two, two to 500, two and 500, 250 and 500, it'll get you there. 300, 600, will get you there. 303 and 610, you know, it's all sort of relative. It'll, they'll all get you there. It's just that. It's really a ping pong delay that's happening with two separate discrete delays like that. Right. Uh, I've actually recalled Pete did a video where he talked about the cathedral settings. I can't remember what video it was. Um, maybe it was where he used, he was talking about using a delay in front of the amp. And maybe he did delay, he did a cathedral part maybe. of that. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, check out his channel. Um, speaking of good channels, um, Michael Nielsen's video the other day on John Mayer's reverb. Thanks, Lefty Mike. Uh, was awesome. That was a really cool video. Um, yeah, it's great. $4,000 reverb. That's right. <laughs> By the way, we could put a link for that reverb here, too, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do they have that on Sweetwater? Brikowski? I'm sure they do, yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure they do because, but yeah, it's $4,000. I don't even like reverb, really. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tend not to play with reverb. Yeah. But depends on, I mean, if, uh, you know, it depends on what you're doing. Um, DD200, what do you think of the DD200? It's the same. I, I mentioned that it's. it's oh, great. you did. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's it's really like the size down version of the five hundred. What is your number one delay of all time? Ooh. You gotta watch the other shows. <laughs> there you go. You have to watch the other shows. You'll find out. Um. It's old. Pete used the El Capistan in front of the amp. Okay. I've not tried that one either. Uh, the El Capistan is a great um, pedal. So that's basically just the uh, tape. The tape delay, it came out first before the timeline. And it uses actually more resources to do the tape delay um, than the timeline does. So some say it might sound slightly better. Um I think that might be true. It might sound slightly better for the tape delay. But to be honest, I still think the MXR Echoplex, man, it, it works in front of a gritty amp, and that's a hard thing to do. works really well. It doesn't get in the way, and it just sounds great. Okay. Uh, I've got a question here. Does anyone consider the Tom Schultz Rockman chorus to be very good? <clears throat> It is a specific tone. It, it, it has a specific tone to it. Um, um, I mean, if you're going for that Boston kind of thing, I, you know, I think, yeah, like it, it was a cool, it was a cool thing. I mean, they did a lot of kind of cool things. The gate he originally had was cool too. 
Mm. You know, an, an originator, an inventor, you know, Tom Schultz. Oh, man, that guy. Big time. I mean, you know, just like a mad scientist. So. Yeah. There's awesome. a video. You ever see that video of him in his studio? Yes. Yeah. So cool. And yeah. he's like, and he's got some pedal board that he built and he's doing like this, you know, awesome, like going from dry to, you know, like a very kind of mild delay to like super ambient craziness. And then, um, yeah, that's a great video. And he, yeah, built he, he was a crazy mad scientist. You see those racks of stuff he used to carry around and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. I love, I, I mean, I, that's one of those albums, Boston one that I played over and over and over as a, again as a kid. I mean, just, I respect it, but I don't really like it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I totally respect it. It's a great album. Um, I, I never could stand his guitar tone. Interesting. Yeah, I, I could I could see that. I don't know. I I I, I liked. I like some songs where the guitar tone was, yeah. you know, but it was just so processed, you know, exactly, exactly. and so compressed. Um, but some songs, the solos were great, you know, like I mean, the, tone, the tone, the tone of the solos, musicality, you know, and and everything, it, it's fantastic. I mean, but yeah, it, it's just totally not. I don't really choose to listen to it. Yeah, that's I, I don't. I mean, <clears throat> I haven't listened to Boston a, a lot in many in recent years, but back in the day, I definitely did. Um, Joey Robin, thoughts on the HX Stomps delay versus the DD500? DD500 is far superior. Um, and far easier to use. Architecture of it's way easier to use. I mean... Uh, and, and the on the audio path's better. The dry path is there. Uh, yeah, I just think it's it smokes it. Okay. Not to say that the, the line six can't be useful. It's a good utilitarian piece that does a lot of things. Um, you know, if they said, did they say the stomp or the HS, HX effect? They said HX stomp. Yeah. The stomp, okay, yeah, it's a really, I mean, it's a really good multi-effects. You know, you you can use it for a variety of things. Although I don't think it does anything really. I mean, the models in it are quite good. Um, uh, the effects are good. I mean, I don't think there's anything to write home about though. Okay, so we should wear our sippy hats for the next Jake and uh, Lukather show. <laughs> Oh, that'd be an interesting one. Let's have Luke there and Jake on the same show. You know, I don't know if I can handle. I don't think I can handle that. Wow. Oh my God. Actually, I mean, that would be interesting. Just nailing Luke Luke down with questions was hard enough. Um, yeah, people for that show that's coming up, please prepare your questions so we can try to, you know, and send them to us because we we would like to be more prepared to try to nail them down on some stuff. He's hard. It's like you're chasing a chicken in a circle. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, one of the things that he wrote me after what was, he's like amazing that we didn't talk at all about Toto. We had two two hours and twenty minutes, and we didn't bring up Toto once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we can. Well, 
Well, I mean, we can. He's he he's cool with it, but he was just like, um, it's amazing that we no one asked and we didn't get to any total questions or anything like that. So, um, which is amazing in itself that he has such a career that we didn't even get to talk about. Toto. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the old Johnson amplifiers? Binary Bob, binary Bob Johnson. I, Johnson was done by Digitech originally, if I'm thinking correct. And it was a like a tube hybrid programmable early amp. Um, I never played one ever. Me either. So I have I I I remember them vaguely, but I've never got a chance to play one. So I have no idea. Never never crossed my path. So I might, might say something. I think it was a failure. Someone talked about it in one of our shows. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, or on some show. Hmm. I remember. Someone's sending me a message here. Oh, okay. Bracasti. Bracasti is from Andrew Morgan. They do have sell it at Sweetwater. So if you're in the market for a four thousand dollar reverb, please go buy it at Sweetwater. <laughs> I will put the link. <laughs> Click the link. It, it's an amazing reverb, but I, I I don't know I don't know about for a guitar reverb. If well, you need a few adapters, like like Pete, uh, like uh, Michael said. But... I'd be a tad overkill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a super chat from James Maxwell. Nine hundred dollars overkill. I ordered a JJ combo from the affiliate Sweetwater link. Just curious, are the head and combo the same amp in different enclosures? This show is awesome. Thanks, James, Correct. and thanks for buying the JJ combo from the affiliate link. That's yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you. Um, yes, it's the same. It's the same chassis, exactly the same chassis. I mean, if you wanted later to make it a head, you can you can get a head shell from us and put put the chassis in the head shell. So, okay, exactly the same. Um, Dave, any opinion on the Strymon Deco? Um. Yeah, I don't know if I see the point of it, really. It kind of was lost on me. I, I mean, tell me, what does it do? Do you, do you like it? Do you have it? Um, if so, please tell me what it's supposed to do. Mm, okay. Um, Ken McMahon asked Dave if he would be interested in doing a small amp using 6v6s instead of ELE4s. I find them more bold and love his amps as I have many. Bold. More bold. Um, I don't know if they're more bold. I, 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 I'd like to make one of the same amp, which actually, theoretically, I could do with the same transformer set. Um, and really see if you think they're more bold. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're more bold. I mean, I've done, I've done tests with our uh, 20 watt amps versus our hundred watt amps with amp switchers and where people can't at NAM shows and stuff where like people are like, if you match the volumes, they're like, uh, they don't know which is which. Mm -hmm. I so, see. <laughs> yeah. so it's, I, I, you know, that's a big, beefy power section. Okay. Uh, this 
this is for you because I know it's not going to be me. Um, who is the biggest name, biggest tone chasing, and particular pro musician you have worked with? I know. Tone chasing and particular. Um, <clears throat> you know, probably orig originally early on, Steve Stevens, maybe. Mm. I mean, Eddie Van Halen's particular too. Um, right. Um, he wants to hear and how he wants to hear it and how it sounds and um steve stevens was you know was a tone junkie though he loved you know gear and 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 had good ears and heard thing hear, hear things really you know heard hears things really well um so yeah it's just maybe steve steve posted a uh, great picture of him posing in front of the world trade center Right. Back in the 80s, I think. Uh-huh. It was just a great picture, you know, especially since today's September 11th. Right. But I think you have a visitor. Yes. <laughs> okay. Close the door. Uh, all right. No, that's not in here. Favorite tube of all time? Uh, all of them? Favorite tube of all time? Brand of tube? Kind of tube? How? What? Uh, I mean, I tend to like yield thirty fours, generally speaking. Um, brand or kind um, uh, of all time? The old uh, Sylvania six CA sevens were really cool tubes. Um, those are great. Um, an old Muller deal thirty four was great. The 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 German RFT tube was great. It's great. What about making? I mean, I you always hear about these big bottle tubes like KT eighty eights and you know these really big tubes. I mean, any they any, can be cool. I mean, I, like I recently worked on um, uh, a Jose Modern Marshall for James Hetfield, and um, um, that. Amp had 6550s. I kept 6550s in it, and um, it was great. It, it made it was really really good. I mean, 6550 can be a great tube for a guitar amp. Uh, just depends on what you're going for. You know, if you want it to have a little sag to it, or if you want it to um, be really brutal. Right. Well, you use 6550s in the Dirty Shirley, right? No, no, he's 5881s in the dirty. 5881s, that's right. I always get that confused. Okay, gotcha. Uh, we had a super chat, which I missed, from John Pearson. John, thank you. Uh, thank I, don't you know if, I don't know if you wanted a question, but if not, thank you. Um, can the uh, Eventide H9 get a Lexicon PCM42 tone? No. That's not even, no. Probably the closest Lexicon 42 tone that I've heard in, say, a, a pedal would have been the old um, Digitech hardwire delay pedals, the DL8s. Um, they had a great, great, great tone to them. Um, 
I guess that will wind up on a, a favorite list of stuff that's not made anymore. <laughs> right. So I gave that one away. <laughs> uh, Daniel Judge, thank you for the super chat. Why do amp manufacturers, Freeman, Bogner, Sodano, design their amps around the V30 speaker? Many people seem to dislike that speaker. It's the most polarizing Celestian speaker. Hmm. Um, I don't think I, I, uh, there are people that seem to dislike that speaker, but in, in reality, that speaker has been used on more recordings that are famous than you, you ever, ever have thought. I mean, Bob Rock, that's his favorite speaker. Mm -hmm. um, a finished 30 can be a great speaker. Metal guys tend to like finished 30s a lot. Um, so I guess it depend, depends. I mean, for me, there's really only the vintage 30 and the greenback really kind of, um, I mean, there's some other speakers that are cool. I mean, the creamback H's are cool. There's not really a lot of choices, you know? Um, I mean, there seems to be a lot of choices, but there, there really isn't. So, it's kind of more, are you more in the greenback camp or more in the Vintage 30? And also, how much recording are you doing? A lot of times, the Vintage 30 records and sits on a track really well. Mm -hmm. So, and also, it depends on the cabinet that surrounds it. Like, for instance, in our 212 cabinets, they use Vintage 30s. The only reason I use only Vintage 30s in those cabinets is in those particular cabinets, that's what sounded the best. I mean, it just... Period. It just sounded the best. It took that smaller 212 and made it much bigger sounding. Um, and even if I compare it to some of my cabs directly to some of my cabs that have, you know, like the speaker mix, you know, and um, uh, it's it just, it just sounded great in that particular cabinet design. Mm -hmm. the, everything is, the speakers are, are not all the same, you know, like, a greenback in five different styles of cabinets sounds very different. So you you have to kind of judge it on the cabinet that you have in front of you and then try the speakers in that. Okay. Um, so we talked earlier, we we're going to keep the show at about an hour. Do you want to do that or do you want to keep going? No, we can get some more questions and stuff. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, Minus Coraglu, do you uh, have any plans to make a Steve Stevens 20 watt? Yes, please do. Uh, I don't right now, but I'll never, I won't say never. Okay. What kind of greenback speakers are in the Jakey Lee 4x12s? Uh, that's just the standard uh, greenback, uh, the standard one, not the Heritage. G12M. Uh, greenback. Uh, they were made in China for a while, but they're made in England now. I was going to say UK made or yeah. They're UK made. Okay. There's almost nothing left made in China anymore from them. Oh, wow. Just a lot of it's moved back to the UK. That's good. Uh, have you ever experimented with your guitar line with any small pickup manufacturers like WCR pickups? No, because uh, pickups, but we wind our own. So, um, uh, no, our early guitars had Motor City pickups in them, um, which are also great pickups. Uh, so, 
you know, pickups are like socks, whatever color you like the best, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another super chat. What's thank you very much. I also live in Detroit in the seduce era. You can so tell uh, you are from here. <laughs> Have you ever worked with Jeff Coleman from Edward Dare? Uh, I know, I know Jeff. I've met him several times. I haven't actually worked with him though. A great guitar player. That's cool. Detroit people have a, a kinship. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. It's like New Yorkers, you know. It's like a yeah, it's like a cult. <laughs> yep. And I would agree with this, G-Man. Uh, V30s mixed with greenbacks is really nice. Yeah, because because what a vintage thirty has the greenback doesn't, and it fits right in the center of it. So the greenback's more scooped, with higher presence and deeper low end. Um, and the, there's kind of a mid peak in the vintage thirty, and that kind of fits right in the hole in the greenback. So a blend of the two, like the recent, like like our twin sister video that Michael Nielsen did recently, that's a blend of the greenback and 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 a V thirty. On that amp and that 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 video sounds amazing. Isn't that what Bob Rock said he did also? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yes. Uh, a lot of times he was just using vintage thirties. A lot. A lot of the I remember delivering uh, rental gear to all sorts of records. You know, during oh from nineteen eighty seven through you know some of the early nineties. It was all vintage thirties. That's the only thing that was ever rented. Right. Actually, I'm confusing it. He was actually, he would mic two separate speakers uh, with two different microphones. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. called, not two separate speakers. Which right. Speakers. Yeah. So it was a V30 with two different microphones. I All right. All right. Um, T75 Ingve. I've never used those. Uh, early, it wasn't 75s, it was 65s. Oh, yeah. From what I remember. Uh, uh, the the sixth early sixty fives were pretty cool. That was a pretty good, decent sounding speaker. But in general, like the seventy fives and the sixty fives, definitely have a more metallic content to it, um, which it can be a little grating and a little harsh at times too. Okay. Do. Pro rigs, do players prefer delay trails on or off or buffered true bypass from Roxy to Pew? Well, I guess that really depends on what kind of rig we're talking. Um, in the older, in the, um, in the olden days, no, <laughs> in, uh, a long time ago, there was a lot of rack mount delays, which used to utilize a mixer. So when you turned off the, the, Generally, there was a mute on the front end of the delay. So when you turn that off, the delays would naturally uh, uh, just keep going. Um, it depends on what you want to do. I mean, you know, that's hard to say. I mean, some of both. Some don't care. Some want it true bypass. Some want it delay and trailing. Uh, so it just, it just depends. Some have rigs with mixers, which then it will delay and trail. Um, just depends on the pro. It's hard to, hard to just nail that down. Gotcha. Um, I don't think I got to this question. Ramon Pignon 
ever been to Sonic Ranch? I live in El Paso. That place is incredible. I never have. In fact, I've only driven through Texas. Never, never been in Texas for very long. I've been driving through Texas for quite a while, but not. <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've not been in El Paso. I've been to Austin, which is cool. cool I, haven't, I haven't gone there. Yeah, Austin is very, very cowboy country. You know, everybody's wearing a hat. <laughs> or at least when last time I was there, it was a lot of a lot of people wearing the cowboy hats. Um, and I went to Dallas a couple times, so just for work. Yeah, uh, never. Cool place. I met Dennis Rodman in Dallas. Oh, that must be interesting. And he was in the elevator riding up uh, with me. And we were both going to the same floor hmm. uh, in Dallas at the Hotel Intercontinental. Um, and this was when he was married to Carmen Electra. Oh, boy. And uh, and I there was people – I got into the elevator last, so I kind of just got in and turned around and pressed my press, – you know, the floor was already pressed, but, of course, I pressed it again. And um, we're going up, and I just hear the voice, and I knew immediately that was Dennis Robin. I'm like – Oh, that's Dennis Rodman, you know, and I kind of just did one of those and saw him. And then we were just like, literally, we got off the elevator and just kept walking down the hall at the same. And his room was right across from mine. And I finally asked for his autograph and he took like 15 seconds to answer me. <laughs> <laughs> like very quiet. And I, and then he was like, yeah, sure. It was nice. It was cool. Um, I still have the autograph. Uh, oh. Scott. Scott Daniel, Dave, how about the Caitlin bread Echo Rec or Bell Epoch? I know our friend Vinny loves the uh, Bell Epoch. Uh, those are good pedals. I mean, the Echo Rec is a. I didn't. I I I love the Kate, Caitlin bread Echo Rec. Uh, it's a very specific pedal, though. It's, it's designed to do the the old Benson Echo Rec kind of sounds. Um. I knew that was going to come up, but that, that is a great pedal. It, it's got a few little quirks and a little noise quirks in it um, that are, are a little bit problematic. Um, the, uh, the bell, uh, yeah, the bell's good. I, I, again, I think the best Echoplex one I've ever heard is the MXR one. Mm -hmm. okay. Now I would think it would be the Caitlin brand one, but but they really knocked it out of the park on that with them. The MXR one, Dunlop or whatever. I don't know if it's the MXR brand or Dunlop. I it's Dunlop because I, I, I was looking up the MXR and yeah, and it, it was Dunlop. Yeah, okay. um, Brian Landreth, uh, too broke for super chat. Ah, don't worry about it, man. That's all cool. Um, Dave, have have you heard of Doug Sewell? He is the amp designer at P PRS, and. That one we were talking about that with John John Sir when we were some that question came up. John even asked, he's like, "Do they even have an amp designer?" Uh, I don't know, but uh, you know, if you Doug talk, Sewell is their amp designer. Do you, you ever hear? He'd like to come on the show. <laughs> I don't know him at all. No, never heard of him. Never even heard of him. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, I think you're right on this. Randy Bachman with the Guess Who used Johnson Amp back in 2003. I remember seeing him do that. Could be. And I think I remember because you know why I remember. I remember thinking to myself, "What the hell is he playing a Johnson Amp for?" <laughs> I was like, "What is that?" 
Um, that's funny. Uh, let me see if I can find any other questions. Uh, Frank, if you can get Dave Gilmore on the show, more power to you. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to get Dave Gilmore. Oh I'd love that. Oh, I, you know, he is, oh, he's a, he's a total, uh, icon for my hero. Yeah. That or Jimmy Page. Yes. There, those two. I think I'd fall over in bed. I wouldn't know what to say. Yeah. Or Eddie. Those, those three, I'd be. Um, did we, did we ask, talk about this? Estrada Volante. Volante is neat. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a cool pedal. Um, surprisingly, I don't see that many of them though. I mostly see timelines. Um, so I tried to pick the things that were. Things I saw the most or things that I've worked with the most, that would be my fave. So I really haven't had much time uh, with the Valente. I've done it. I put it on a couple boards for people, but um, and it was cool for sure. It's good delay. I mean, anything Strymon makes is good. Don't mm -hmm. they, they make good stuff? What current production delay is closest to a Lexicon PCM forty two from Deja Blue? That was a duplicate uh, of another question we answered a little while ago. Oh, really? Okay, sorry. <laughs> that was the hardwire answer. Gotcha. Uh, Strymon Brigadier in front or a loop? Well, generally speaking, the Brigadier is a modulated delay to kind of mimic the memory man sort of thing. So I would say in front. Not to say it, it could work fine in the loop, but... I would say in front, though. It's definitely mimicking an analog modulated delay. Okay. From Stephen Douglas, he has a DSL 40 CR Marshall inbound to screw around with at home. Any good easy mods besides the Neo Creamback he'll be installing? Mm, never really worked on that amp specifically, so maybe? <laughs> Don't really know. Hmm. You know, I got a question posted recently on one of our videos, and uh, they said, no offense, uh, but just curious, why does Dave only have Marshall amps behind him? Why no Friedman's? <laughs> um, and I wrote on my back, I said, well, these are Dave's personal vintage amps. So, Yeah, I mean, they're my personal vintage amps. I know someone else said that, too. Bill Kelleher said that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it, it, it all... It all spawned. I mean, that's a, a vintage Plexi 50 and a, uh, uh, you know, a Jose modded Marshall behind me. So, I mean, I, I have a collection. I have also, you know, a Vox AC30. I have a high watt. I mean, I have a collection of vintage amps. So, um, just so happen to be at home and, and all the Friedman amps are at my office. So, um, that's why. I'm going to have to put a Friedman back there just so people will be quiet. But. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't have an extra one to bring home, though. Just put put your logo on it. I only own two. <laughs> oh, you only own two of your own amps? That's because everyone always, at, like, I'll, I'll have, you know, I, I've had more in the past, but um, 
what happens is some artist will try it or, or I loan it to some artist and then the artist is like, I, I need this one. <laughs> I want this particular one. Because you owned it, right? So I've, I've done that a million times. <laughs> I mean, my last, the, the earlier B100 I had got sold to um, uh, a Darren from System of a Down because um, he had to have that particular one. And, uh, you know, I always, I always look at it like, yeah, yeah, I just build myself another one. Right. Yeah. So. Do you have any original marshes? No. Wow. Uh, I'm not one to, I'm not one to like. You're not, you're not uh, what's the word? Um, sentimental about it. I don't sentimental, know. Sentimental, yeah. Generally speaking, if I come up with something new, it's probably better anyway. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, I have I a B100 Deluxe, a small box, and a, oh, actually, I do have a Dirty Shirley too. So, what do you have? Your B, a small B100 box, Deluxe, mm -hmm. small box, and a Dirty Shirley. I agree with Drew on this. A clean tone with some reverb is really nice. I do like clean with correct, reverb. correct, cor correct. I mean, a, a clean tone with spring reverb can be great too. Uh, again, it sort of just depends on the kind of tones you're going for and what, what sound are you trying to replicate. I mean, surf music too, great, cool, you know, super washed out reverby stuff, but it's fun. It's great. Have you guys asked Paul Gilbert to be on the show? No, but that'd be a good one. That would be great. I, you know, because awesome what's that? Richie Cotson would be great too. Oh yeah, awesome. Do you know those guys? Uh, I met Richie. I've done a couple little things for him. I might be able to get in touch with him. What about Paul Gilbert? I've met him before. I do. I might know someone that can get in touch with him. Yeah. See? Well, you, Josh knows him. I know that from JHS, right? Uh, probably yes. Um, who does oh, Does Dave own a Synergy amp? No, but I do. I just moved that out here. Yes, you do. Look at that. Yeah, that was in my. I didn't even know you had a Synergy amp. Really? I knew you had a Sin One or something, right? I do have a Sin One, but I have the Sin Fifty. Oh, oh no! Wait, I know you had the Sin Fifty. I remember that. Yeah, I got it from uh, Keith at the Guitar Guru Network. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I might have missed this one. Dave, I asked about Pete Thorne, what he what he, he would do if he didn't play guitar. He said a doctor. How about yourself? Oh, man. My father was a doctor. Probably not a doctor. Um, shoot. I don't know. That's a good question. What would I do? I don't have any other interests. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I always did, but you know what I always wanted to do, but I never. Um, I'm really into old houses, hmm. like super into like I would be super into restoring an old house. Um, Although I don't want to do all the work myself, 
Uh, at least not at this point in my life. Right. <laughs> That's a lot of work. Um, no doubt. Uh, but I'd be really into doing that. But I've never had the kind of the kind of dollars it really takes to do that. You know, it's God. It's such a maybe we'll get a house for a great thing, but then hey, then we got to put one hundred and fifty thousand dollars into it. <sighs> right, right. But if you can get the the house for a good price, and then they, those flippers, they make good. Yeah, money. yeah, yeah. I, know, I have some friends that do that. Yeah, they do. But you I do need a sizable amount of cash sitting around. Right. And then you got to wait. Yeah. So, but uh, you guys make sure you press subscribe, please, and click the bell so you can get our notifications. Um, got some other stuff in here. Stephen Douglas flashback two is my favorite delay pedal. Uh, that, I mean, that can be a pretty cool delay pedal, too. I mean, it's not bad. Works well in a loop. It's real small. It's simple. Yeah. I have one. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Good. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it doesn't have a lot of like tone to it, so to speak. I mean, it, but it does a good job. Mm -hmm. um, Dave's Plexi replica, The World is Waiting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I need my 48 hour day. <laughs> if I have 48 hours in a day, I could get to everything I have to do. What's your take on the delay that comes in the Tech 21 Fly Rig 5 pedals? I mean, I briefly heard those pedals, and they, they seem kind of cool. Um, super small, uh, useful. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I paid that much attention. I thought the delay sounded cool and warm and kind of rich when I heard it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I paid, like, super attention to it, though. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on vintage super amps, Supro amps from Michael Torin? Thanks for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Uh, I own a vintage Supro amp. That's another thing in my vintage collection. <laughs> see, see the stuff at home, you might see more vintage amps, you know? <laughs> yeah, you should start loading them in. It's just, uh, just stuff I, you know, it's, it's like seeing, it's like when you watch videos from, uh, Josh from JHS. I mean, do you see much of his pedals behind you? Behind him? No. See everyone else's pedals known to mankind and then some and a bunch of Softec amps. Um, Great example. So so you know, it's just your collection. It's where it's where it's your roots. It's where you came from. It's where all your amps came from. Yeah. Oh, that's so. cool. Um are there any plans for Synergy to make more Vox-style preamps? Well, I mean, is there really any other preamps other than the one Vox-style preamp? Which is the one that you have that's Vox? I mean, we, I mean, it's the AC module. Oh, they want the Morgan, right. That's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there really isn't – I mean, it's just – there's really just one preamp. That, that's in Vox amps, and that, that's the what's sort of uh, the vibe of the AC module. So, I mean, there's really not anything else to do unless you want one channel that just has a like a, 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 a single knob and a cut or something, because then the other channel of a Vox is literally just a single knob and a cut, and it's all in the power section. Mm. So, I mean, uh, um, there's really nothing else to do there. Um. 
L. Scott Music says, I can help you with that old house thing. I'm that man, that tile man that's going to help you out someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to have you come and do my kitchen. <laughs> I still awesome. need that done. Just in the, uh, the, 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 you know, the COVID thing hit, everything got put on hold, sort of. Joel Eakins, Dave, currently building my new board while listening. How do you go about measuring cable length so it looks clean on an angled board? I've always struggled with this. It's a good question. On an angled board, well, it depends on how you're doing. Um, what kind of pedal board? Does it have a switcher? What what the uh, – we do it a lot of different ways. Uh, like, for instance, if there's a switcher on the board, uh, generally speaking, we make a bunch of – extra long, well, a certain length, one-ended cables. And we literally plug them all in and dress them off the switcher nice and neat and then route them where they're going. And then generally once it's all tied down, we do the ends at the pedals. We cut cut them to length and, and solder them literally on the board. So um, that's one way. Um, if you're not talking about a switcher, well, then you're talking about just short patch cables, so I'm not sure. I mean, that's generally um, pretty simple to to measure out or do. Unless you have like a two-tier kind of thing and you got to route. Something. Yeah, a, a lot of times we do a one-ended cable still and route it through and the other one's long. And then once you put it up to a pedal, you cut it off then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It close to the pedal. That makes sense. It, 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 just years of experience doing it. Yep. I shudder to think how many ends we've soldered over the years. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Leonard Rodriguez, will there ever be a signature Friedman guitar from a certain artist? Well, it's possible. I haven't done it yet, but it's possible, sure. We'd, I'd like to. Rick Nielsen would be an awesome guest. Yes, he would. Another sure, great, great, underrated player. Awesome. Yeah, I would put him in the, the underrated category. I met him once. A friend oh, yeah. of mine was working for the band, and I got to meet them. Was he cool? Yeah, they seemed really cool. Yeah. Um, I know someone who could possibly get a hold of Gilbert. If you can, uh, you can email me at tonetalkmark at gmail.com. Let me know. Um, Dave, I have an eight ohm Fender Deluxe and I want to hook it to a four by 12 cab, which has eight ohms and 16 ohms. Do I unplug the speaker from my Fender? I don't think your four by 12 cab has eight and 16 ohms. I, think. Yeah, I was going to say that doesn't sound right. If it's a Marshall, it has 16 and or four, or if it splits in stereo, then it's eight per stereo pair. Um, uh, as far as that, I mean, you can, you can just run, fenders are really tolerant. You can, you can just run the fender straight into the 412 at 16 ohms if you want. Uh, you could run it straight into the 4 ohm input if you want. You could run, uh, you could run both speakers if you want. I, it's not going to do much damage to the amp. <clears throat> uh, they're really resilient. So 
Especially if you're talking an older one. It's like almost nothing ever happens to those. Okay. Dan Morrell, thanks for the super chat. If I wanted to get an EVH balance mixed with Dr. Feelgood sound, what Friedman pickup do you recommend? Hmm. I was probably going to say that's a good question. Hmm. Maybe just the standard classic plus, to be honest. I mean, it sort of depends on what amp you're going into too. Um, I mean, either that or the triple D humbucker. So if you want a hotter humbucker than the triple D would be great. It's kind of a more open sounding JB kind of in tone. And if you want a kind of a hopped up PAF Rocky kind of thing, it's the classic plus. That's cool. Uh, thanks for the super chat, Dan. Uh, Daniel Wesley, any thoughts on higher end multi-effect units such as Fractal, Boss, GT1000, et cetera, versus individual stomp boxes? Well, uh, I mean, the Fractal has great effects in it. Um, I kind of uh, am of the opinion that with a pedal board and individual stomp boxes, you're selecting each stomp box for the tone that you, you know, you really want. And I think that anything that's a multi-effects is simulating uh, all those different tones. It's not quite the real thing. So I would, uh, personally, I'd opt for the real thing. Um, not to say that you couldn't get good results with a little multi-effects thing like the HX, uh, you know, effects or, or GT1000. GT1000 is okay. Um, you know, but it comes with, there's trade-offs. Mm. You know what, one, one unit we've never talked about, you ever see the, the Nova system, the Nova TC Electronics no, uh, Nova? Yeah, sure. I used to have that. That was a good, that was a pretty cool system. The, uh, the, 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 uh, the small thing that was a multi-effect. Yeah, it was like six. Yeah. Like that six worked really three. well, actually. Yeah, it was pretty cool because it had an analog drive. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. Easy to use. Yep. I liked it. I, um, I liked it, too, actually. I sold it. Um, well, why did I do that? Oh, just to get something else as usual. Which, by the way, I'm going to say it. I've got my dream crazy guitar coming tomorrow i showed you a picture of it dave um i cannot wait to get that tomorrow so i'll post pics on my uh, on facebook but uh pretty thing. it is pretty awesome that neck is pretty sick right yeah yeah i'm pretty psyched about it yeah. um, uh let's see Hey, Dave, which of your overdrive pedals would you suggest through a pair of high watt custom 50 heads Ooh. Are you using the custom fifties like totally clean, high headroom kind of clean? Um, and what kind of tone do you want? So, I mean, um, if you're using high headroom, totally clean, I mean, a BEOD, a BEOD deluxe, a dirty Shirley pedal, all will work great into a totally clean amp. If you're running those high watts loud and dirty, you might just want to boost them a little bit. So a Buxom Boost or a, a Golden Pearl just depends on, on, again, what you're trying to accomplish out of it. 
Okay. There's a great video I posted on my Facebook from um, a guy in England. Um, Dan, I believe, is his name. Don't quote me on that because I'm just trying to remember. Mm. Uh, I did a great Dirty Shirley uh, uh, pedal video. Sounds awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't checked it out yet. I saw it posted. Yeah. Um, I must have missed this question, but I grow, agree with Joel Peebles. A low-powered naked would be awesome. Any plans for a low-powered naked? Uh, possibility exists. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I got a whole list of things to do, and I can only do it so fast. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you got. You know, and the company for years. So. <laughs> right, right. You got years to go with lots of yeah, great all at once. And especially now, I think we're slowed down a little bit as far as bringing out new things um, because of all the pandemic and everything. And we're so crazy backward. We need to concentrate on just getting out the gear that we have on back order. Right. I mean, it's insane. Like the, 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 the volume that's happening right now. Wow. That's good. Good, although people get impatient. Yeah, or they're just sitting at home a lot, so they just want to get their toys. Right. Um, Neil Giraldo would be amazing. Yeah, he would be great. Um, yeah, I I talked to Neil Giraldo before. I I we were playing around with ideas from Friedman apps for him once. Um, I'm not gonna get a hold of him. He'd be great. He's awesome. Fantastic player, and yeah. I, I like his personality. Just straightforward. Yeah. Dude, you know? um, will you ever make a 100-watt Dirty Shirley? You have. I have in the past. I have. I, I used to make that as a standard product long time ago, early on. Uh, we didn't sell very many of them. Hmm. Uh, could it be done again custom? It could, maybe. Um, although I don't have a lot of time at the moment. Hey, question for you. Uh, my own personal question. So on the Synergy Dirty Shirley module, it can get pretty bassy. Sure. Uh, Just like the Dirty Shirley amp. Yeah. Do you do you recommend backing up, switching the uh, that internal switch? To kind of back off the base on that? No, that's not going to back it off. It's already in the low, already in the lowest base setting. Oh, really? It should be. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll, I I moved it, so I'll have to put it back to one. Yeah, it's supposed to be in the two point seven k value range. 0. Okay. Point seven k. Maybe that's why. Maybe the position is it is. Okay. What what's the value? Yeah. So you're gonna run. I mean, you're in the base on that module, like, like close to, you know, quarter of the way up only. Ah, okay. Yeah, and probably the mids and treble higher. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And and really, if you're probably shouldn't run the gains super high either. You probably should. Have, I mean, really, that module sounds best. The gains, you know, well, one channel is a little lower gain than the other. Mm -hmm. Um. But, you know, around the higher gain channel, around, you know, six on the gain dial or something. Hmm. 
It's not really designed to be a super high gain thing. Right. Okay. And what was the value on the uh, the internal switch? The the point six eight two point seven k value, which is one of the things listed. I just don't remember what position that switch is for. Okay, I'll just I'll look it up. That's cool. Uh, I don't know. If, did, did we answer? Have you ever played the visual sound dual tap delay or the Ernie Ball ambient delay systems? Um. The visual sound a long time ago, I don't really remember much about it. And the Ernie Ball one, no, I haven't played it really. Okay. Dave, what's your opinion on the short scale on the NoHo 24? Why did you decide on the shorter scale? Uh, uh, that's a good question. It was, uh, it was, uh, I just thought it would be a cool idea. <laughs> You know, I um, I don't know if there's a particular reason. I mean, I think I think Grover had an idea for that, and we kind of went with it. Okay, I like it. Rich says Mark is awesome. I'll take it, man. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Deja Blue had a question. Um, I'm looking for it because uh, oh, what what's the best TC twenty twenty two ninety pedal? The free the tone flight time delay. Mm. The one I mentioned. Okay. Um, there was also question here. What's a good switcher for six to eight pedals? Uh, oh my God! So um, the Boss ES8 is a good switcher. Um, the um, a really good effective editor one. Um, well, six to eight. Okay. Well, you could also go with the um, RJM, the little the little guy um, that they make, which is six. Um, that's great, and it has a really professional editor, which is great. You can go with the bigger RJM, which is also fantastic. Again, with a really great editor. Um, also, the MusicCom Lab stuff. Those are all the stuff that I would choose to use in rigs as far as switchers go. Well, okay. Now, let me flesh that out a little bit more. You also have the, um, the uh, gig rig. The gig rig. Um, switcher from England, which is mm. uh, a super cool switcher, easy to use. Um, they all kind of have different features. Depends on what signal path you're going for exactly, what kind of editor you might or might not want, how easy you want it to be, and the price point. Okay. Um, keep going here, see if there's any other questions. What is your recommended pedal board switcher? Well, I think we just talked to the, through that, right? Uh, it's just that, again, uh, you know, some people also put the Voodoo Hex. Those little switchers are great, which are the little individual um, small loop boxes. You can use them with a variety of MIDI pedals. Um, oh, Stephen Douglas also says here, Dave, thoughts on the CL80 speakers? Uh, 
CL80s aren't used that much, but they're a pretty cool sounding speaker. Uh, no, I haven't. No players that I know of. Almost all the pro players I know are greenbacks or finished 30s. Fact. All of them that I can think of. Mark, what brand is the red variac behind you? It's not really a brand. It's just from China, right? David? Yeah, now they make that. Now they make cool ones with little digital displays. Yeah, I mean you can find them on eBay, Amazon. Sixty some dollars or seventy some dollars. Yeah, but it's not like a brand. They just come from China. I think they come from China now. You think are they still making them, Dave, from China? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dave, thoughts? Oh, we already went through that. Yes. Okay. Uh, free the tone. You only have to sell a kidney to get that. <laughs> well, same thing with the timeline. Yeah, it's about the same price. I mean, they're all getting up there in price. Um, Dave, who would you recommend to restore an EP3? Uh, I have a great guy send me an email. I can refer him. And your email is just so they can have it. Amps at gmail.com. Cool. I'm a great guy. He's in San Diego, California. Can repair anything. Ever tried the Digitech Obscura delay? Obscura delay is a great uh, sounding delay. Um, that was kind of uh, a predecessor. Well, well, kind of. Originally, there was supposed to be another delay that came out from them, but they never brought it out uh, when they discontinued the hardwire delay. Uh, Obscura uh, is a cool, uh, really solidly made, good-sounding little delay. does some good filtered analog stuff and tape stuff and modulated stuff. and It's a cool little panel. Cool. Um, question from Mark. Is that EVH behind you? I'd love to know what it is. Is a Mexi or the real deal? No, that is – that's the uh, – the, the replica from EVH, um, just the regular. Where, where is it made? Do you know, Dave? Is it Mexico? Made in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's just the Mexico version, um, and I did a, I did some modifications on it to make it a little bit more like his. So. That was, they don't make a lefty relic version, unfortunately, for us guys. So here's here's one, uh, uh, Josh. Uh, oh wait, sorry, you moved. Josh uh, Chayer, Chayer. Sorry if I butchered that. Uh, Dave, I asked on Pete's live show, and he said to ask you thoughts on the Marshall 1959 hand wired reissue. Um, uh, very neat inside. Uh, it's done pretty well. Um, there's some issues with the power transformers blowing up on those. That um, kind of uh, has been around for a long time. I'm not sure if they ever fixed that issue. Um, uh, it's pretty right. Uh, the Alpha transformer doesn't quite sound as rich as it should. Um, so it's a little on the harsher side compared to like say an old one. They're really neat, done neatly though and, and good choice of parts on the board and stuff. And could so if, be you, if you upgraded the transformer? You upgraded the transformer. Yep. 
And what would you recommend on that? Like a Haybor? Uh, Transformer from Haybor. There's, yeah. there's an old, uh, there's a couple of versions that they have that would be good for it. Um, okay, we got that. Uh, Source Audio Collider. Source Audio makes cool things. Um, I didn't put those on because. I often find some of their functionality is uh, uh, annoying, um, meaning it's difficult to figure out how to do certain things and you might need the editor with it. And and although it sounds good, I just felt that there were other things that sounded even better. So, I mean, they make good products. It's a cool pedal. I mean. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on. What about this? What about that? I, I just tried to pick my face. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to hear Dave more often. This info is gold. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and I agree. We're going to do more of these shows uh, in between the shows where we interview people. Um, we'll do more of these top five or top pedals. Um Deja Blue, if I use a Variac at 90 volts on a free the tone delay, will it make a sound? Why would you use a Variac on a delay? Yeah, I would run just your amp on the Variac, the Variac and everything else separate. Yeah. Uh, I like this. Uh, God, how do you say this name? Uh, Pip, Piplodocus? Piplodocus. Piplodocus. <laughs> I was watching some porn before bed. It's funny tone talk. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me guitar gay? Maybe. <laughs> I guess it depends on what kind of you porn you are. It depends on how old you are. <laughs> and what kind of porn were you about to watch? Yeah. Uh, what what style? Please, uh, please send so we can we can we can evaluate. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> send clips. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Dave is pretty cool too. Yes, he is. Uh, what is the gain structure difference between an SS one hundred and a BE fifty? Could a BE match the SS100 Marshall sound? Love the sound of the SS100. Seems underrated. BE50 seems to more cover everything well, Amp. Uh, they both can kind of cover that Marshall ground. So I don't think I, – I don't – they're just slightly voiced differently. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you can, you can get the BE – uh, to match the SS100 Marshall E kind of tone. I mean, it's slightly different. You know, it's a slightly different amp. The 50s and the 50 watt power section, it's a little different vibe, but for sure. Mm -hmm. Dave, has Gibson sued you yet? <laughs> for what reason? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're suing uh, everybody. Yeah, no, they haven't touched us with a single cut. Ours is quite different. It doesn't have four controls. It is different. It's it, it's it's a different shape for sure. Um, visually, it's different. Headstock is different. Yeah. And the whole thing is different. So yeah, I mean, we we, we make sure to, to make it that way. <laughs> yeah. So we don't get sued. 
are guitar- well, they don't sue you first. First, they send you a cease and desist. Right. Our Freeman guitars made in Grover's shop using his original equipment. And there was a question earlier that if you're involved in the building of the guitars, his original equipment and tools. What is that supposed to mean? Like from way back in the day? Uh, yeah, it's not. The, I'm sure it's not the equipment from Charvette. Guitars are made entirely from raw wood in his shop. So, meaning uh, all the necks are made at his shop, all the bodies are made at his shop, uh, the truss rods are made at his shop. It's all assembled at the shop. So, uh, pickups. Not the original pickups are made at the shop. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, all the. Um, yeah, it's all his tools and equipment. Yep. See, he's got a CNC machine there. CNC machine, yep, that cuts the bodies and necks. Yep. For sure. In modern day productions, anyway, you can do it. Yep. Jason Thurlow, what do you think of using two pedals on a board, one for digital and one for analog? Also, where would you place some on a board in front of in front of the amp? Thanks for the, the super chat, by the way. Well, Jason. I mean, again, depending on the sound you're going for, but yeah, sure, that happens a lot. I mean, I do a lot of rigs where there's one analog delay early in the chain before the amp, and then there's a digital delay in the loop. So, but again, depending on the specific sonic signature you're going for, you know. Right. And Ethan, Ethan Ricks, wouldn't his original tools have been left at Jackson? Well, I would imagine so when they bought the company. Well, original tools, what, what does that mean? Original templates? I mean, you know. You know, guitars used to be made on a bandsaw uh, with routers and templates and things of that such, you know, sort. You know, uh, so these days everything's done on a CNC machine, which is far more accurate. Um, uh, And then hand sanded and hand finished. Um, So, you know, I mean, if it's personal tools, he would have taken them with him, but... Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of... He doesn't have the templates anymore or any of the original stuff. No, that's what Jackson has. Right. Yeah, and, and I think some people think, like, any machining or tooling stuff that they had would kind of like what Gibson, like, the old machines that they had and everything like that, you know? And, yeah, I mean, it really, it's just, a, I mean, guitars are made on a pin router and... Right. You know, and and a uh, bandsaw, and you know, nothing special. Right, right. And very highly inaccurate. Uh, what did I modify on that EVH? It's really not much. I just uh, put on a pick guard to make it look like that broken pick guard or cut pick guard that he has, right? Um, and I changed the knob, um, and then on the back I put the reflectors. That's it. Everything else is the same. Um, but thanks for the question, Rich. Oh, going going back to that, am I involved in the guitar as well? Like, what does that mean? Uh, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, Grover's making the guitars, but he's making them exactly to the specifications that I want. Um, meaning I was very specific in how the frets were done, what frets are used, what the neck shape was like, how, what the pickups sound like, how, uh, I mean, everything about that was what I wanted to see. So, um, 
that's my involvement. You know, on a day-to-day building basis, I don't sand necks or anything. No. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have enough time to think. <laughs> What's the sweet spot on the Buddha Superdrive 18? If oh, you know. I don't know. Sweet yeah. spot. Hmm. It's been so long. I don't even know if I have the answer for that. Sorry. Mark, give a hint on the new guitar or else I won't be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> wow. It's, it's a PRS Custom 24 Wood Library in whale blue with a um, roasted maple, flame maple neck. Uh, it's insane. I thought the picture is pretty insane. It is. It's freaking awesome. I love it. Um, been wanting to get a PRS uh, for a long time. Um, so I used to have a custom 22 that I loved and sold. Um, anyway, so yes, that's, that's what I got. I'll be posting pics tomorrow. Hopefully if it arrives, um, we should probably wrap up soon, Dave. Um, Oh, we got, we got a couple more little questions here though. Um, yeah. Modern wait, modern vintage, uh, said what, uh, nope. That's not it? That's not it. No. Well, that's a different one. Modern okay. Village said, what is the best way and gear needed uh, to run multiple amps cabs simultaneously? Thoughts on the full tone, that 80s chorus. Full tone, that 80s chorus. Are you talking about the Rackman chorus? Hmm. Turk? Or, or are you talking about, is there a different pedal that somehow I missed? Uh, don't know. <laughs> Uh, multiple amps uh, and cabs. I don't know. It depends on how many amps and what you're talking. I mean, like in parallel at the same time, you need a great transformer isolated splitter and or a B box um, that you can maybe flip the phase on. Uh, a great one made. Uh, Radio makes a good one called the uh, Twin City A B box. Twin City Bones A B box. I think it's blue, blue and black, small, nine volt DC in. Buffered and it's got a transformer isolated output and a phase reverse switch. So that works great if you're running two amps simultaneously. It fixes all the issues that you'd have. Hmm. If something more, I don't know, email me about it because you know I have to know more about what you're trying to do. Okay. Uh, my Freeman Vintage T is so freaking great. I love that guitar, James Maxwell. Yeah, they're awesome. Okay. I've got my uh, my Cali right there, yeah, which I love. Um, I play that guitar all the time. I I love the guitar. Um, I love Robert Baker's Friedman's Man Oh Man. How many? He he went. He got one, and then he got another, and then he got a pickup, and he got another, and he kind of went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, that's funny. Him and Michael Nielsen were trying to like. Do outdo each other, right? <laughs> I think Michael Michael has the advantage. He lives local. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Dave, the dirty Shirley and Buxom boost circuits and the dual drive pedal would be the one drive to rule them all. Any plans for something like that? Love the show. Um, that's a good idea, actually. Good idea. I mean, uh, I, that's not something that's not that hard to do. I would be a little worried that the 
buxom boost might drive the Shirley too hard into kind of a clipping kind of distortion. Uh, might have to run that one at 18 volts to, in order to fix it from doing that. The buxom boost has a lot of lot of boost to it. Um, that's something that could be done pretty easy, actually. Just really an enclosure. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, Modern Vintage said yes, the rack chorus. And yes, a B yeah, the rack chorus is fantastic. Yeah, BE and JJ at the same time. Uh, yeah, you can use uh, the AV box I mentioned. That'd be great. Uh, but remember, if you put the BE on the HBE sound, it'll be out of phase with the JJ then. If you stay in the BE sound, it'll be in phase with the JJ. Hmm. So if you're planning on doing messing with the channels and stuff, then it's a whole elaborate thing we have to deal with. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Because you've got to be able to switch and switch the phase at the same time. Uh, I agree with Rich. If you guys uh, give up, give some thumbs. No, thumbs. If you get, can give up some thumbs, thumbs up for us, that would be good. Um Let's see. Uh, any chance of a pointy star-shaped Friedman guitar? Uh, you know the, the you know the funny thing is, I I love that. I love the uh, the old random star and the and the one that Kramer used to do a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You know that's a good question. Um. One, I don't know. I don't know how many would actually sell. I think some. If I did a little tiny limited run of them or something, made six of them or something, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that maybe. Kind of fun, fun idea. Reverse headstock. Yeah, oh, I love like that. A random star with a reverse headstock or something or something like that. Total eighties. Oh, that'd be fun. Maybe I should do that. Yeah. Dave, do you think four gain stages or just three and a pedal for the fourth gain stage? And do you think five gets too compressed? Whoa. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, five, is, five is way too much. Forget it. I mean, honestly, everyone should play with less gain. Uh, 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 you get a bigger tone and, and more impact and everything if it's less compressed. Um, I mean, personally, for me, four is too much. I, I, I personally just like the, the three, like the BE kind of sound. Um, you know, maybe, maybe B with a little saturation or something if you want a little bit more. Uh, I don't think you need much more than that, to be honest. And the funny thing is, a lot of the heavier guys actually play with less gain. It's interesting uh, because they they they're playing with downtuned guitars and they don't need as much gain and they want it. They want the attack and the cut of it. So um, that's a that's a really interesting thing. You start turning the gain down and turning the volume up louder when when you get those kind of players happening. Right. Right. Uh, Charvel Shredder. Dave, what's your opinion of the TC Electronic G system? G system worked it was pretty good. Um, kind of short-lived, kind of heavy. 
The, the thing was pretty beefy. I mean, it was it was well done. I, I've done some rigs. I remember I did a rig with people, uh, for people to with one. And we had it pretty worked out and how it worked, you know. Um, sounded pretty good. I mean, it's a good sounding unit. I think you can get them at a song now. Mm. They're not very much money anymore. Right. Uh, Dan Pfeiffer says, sign me up for that dirty Shirley Buxom boost in one pedal. And then... G-Man Music says, call it Shirley's Buxom Boost. <laughs> uh, I like that. Maybe. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do a small run or something. That's cool. Or a BE or a BE and a Dirty Shirley in one pedal. Might be too similar, to be honest. Yeah, too similar. Uh can we get a NoHo 24 with bevel edges, beveled edges like the Cali? Is the NoHo 24 doesn't have beveled? No, edges? it's more of the it's more of the kind of soloist style, you know. Body. Uh, um, could we? Maybe. I mean, custom things like that though they take a change in the CNC programming, and it's something we don't have tons of time to do right now. Uh, but hey, you know it's possible, maybe. So beveled edges are done on through the CNC process. Yeah, right? how the body body's cut. Gotcha. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't sure if that was something that like more hand done. Well, the the initial edge is done, and then then the final sanding. Right. Okay. Uh, we've got a super chat, John McDonald. Is there a pedal cap capable pedal capable of mimicking a TC Electronic twelve ten stereo expander? Huh. Hmm. Not totally. That's a hard one. Um, I mean, you might be able to get close with some stuff that exists. I I just off the top of my head, not nothing that targets that specifically. Twelve ten was an amazing sounding rack piece. For sure, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> this is. Oh wait, no, sorry. Uh, or Joey Robin, do the whole pedal line in one box. Why not call it a brothel? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Or gangbang. Uh, gangbang. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> or Shirley's brown eye. Oh, this is interesting. De Deja Blue said, uh, "When are racks making a comeback? Has it started? That's a that's an interesting question. Has it started? Um, I think we talked on other shows about a, a possibility of making kind of rack preamps and things." Mm -hmm. And it, it, with like IRs and things like that built in, I mean, is that a viable thing right now? Is something like that, could it come back strong? Uh, maybe. Um, you know, you surely have a lot of people using rack stuff such as Axe Effects and racked Kempers and racked Helixes and things like that. So, so racks are... Um, being used, synergy products and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, is there a market for racks? 
uh, I think that the issue that you come into is there's no really rack processors made anymore other than, you know, your Helix rack or your, your XFX rack, really. Um, there used to be tons of stuff, you know, uh, but not so much anymore. Um, but it doesn't mean you couldn't have, uh, say, a, a guitar preamp uh, with some IRs built in and then, you know, a pedal board loop for your pedal board or something, you know. And, you know, every, you control everything and you go direct to, to house with it. There's a pretty good analog approach to it. At least that's a concept for for the future, maybe. Mm. Okay. Got a super chat from Modern Vintage. Thank you. Uh, Dave, who would you trust to build you a great new guitar if you and Grover didn't? Uh, sir, thoughts on guitars with significant neck pocket gaps. I played eight Silver Skies this week, all with big gaps. And um, well, John Sir makes a great guitar. Tom Anderson makes a great guitar. Jim Tyler makes a great guitar. Avishay uh, 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 Shabbat makes a great guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Grosh, old friend of mine, makes a great guitar. Um, all those guys would be fantastic. Um, yeah, big gaps. Shouldn't have big gaps. I mean, it probably wouldn't matter if ours had a big gap because we have these big um, zero shift neck pins that go into the neck, which uh, create a completely stable neck that doesn't shift at all and creates also a better uh, tone transfer, I think, between neck and body. Um but yeah, Silver Sky. Silver Sky is a good sounding guitar, though, and it, it, it sells really well for them. Uh, it sounds great. I agree. So, um, I think there's a, a video of Tim Pierce uh, doing a comparison for the vintage the '60s Strat and the Silver Sky, and man, it sounds just as good as the vintage Strat. Yeah, those pickups that they came out with are fantastic. Yeah, they really, really did a good job on that. So, I wish they would sell those pickups separately. Yeah, but they won't. Um, let's see. Uh, pros and cons to running overdrives in the effects loop. I would never run an overdrive in the effects loop. What about differences between running an external EQ up front versus the loop? Uh, oh, yeah, overdrive in the effects loop, no way. Um, uh, EQ could be either. It depends on what you want to do with the EQ. So if you put it in the loop, you're going to shape the tone that's already there, or maybe boost the volume. If you put it in front, uh, if, it, if specifically if it's going into a dirty amp, it's going to boost the gain, and you're going to set whatever frequencies you sort of want boosted. So uh, two different things. Depends. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely don't put it in a uh, distortion or overdrive in the loop. No. That, that's you can a- put a boost in the loop. And you use put a boost in the loop, but you can also use an EQ in the loop for a boost, right? Uh, and tone shaping. Um, uh, EQ in front, just it's just different. It just that's sort of like a clean boost, but with the the frequencies you want to boost, right? You know, more Dave and Mark shows, please. Great vibes, guys. Awesome, thank you. Cool, man. We'll we'll have more. We'll we'll mix them up. Uh, 
Even Bruce is trying to make the rack preamps. Yeah, I saw he was doing that a limited run. Yeah, Bruce is making a limited run of the original Eggnator IE4 that I was involved with with him. Yeah. Um, I've seen Michael Kelly guitars. Does anyone know if they're any good? I think that's like Sam Ash's line of guitars, isn't it? I don't really know, to be honest. I know the name. I think they're like made in China or something like that. I, I, if I have the right brand. Um, any plans on an amp with built-in reactive load? Like the well, you do already do ha have that. Uh, well, not exactly. I mean, um, we have an amp with an analog cap filter and a load, and a not necessarily reactive load. Does mm -hmm. sound good. Um, uh, yes, the answer is yes. Give it. Give, give me a minute. <laughs> Trying, trying to get there. Dave, you've talked about EVH picking light for his tone. I've been experimenting with picking like EVH using my middle finger and thumb. Significant tone difference. I love it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it, picking light. It's interesting. Um, it all sort of – I talked about this before. It all sorts of sort of scales. So, you know, he uses nine gauge strings at E flat. Um originally it was smaller frets like on some of the you know if you, you saw the original even even music man guitars had kind of smaller frets but the early uh, early fender ones too also had um, kind of smaller frets not huge um it all kind of makes sense light gauge super super light gauge uh you know if you had really tall frets you'd put it out of tune all the time uh same thing with the the pick gauge so it all kind of scales. So the lighter pick works better with his nines tuned to E flat. The smaller frets work better with that also. Uh, it's all kind of scalable. So does he hit the string lightly? I mean, he's got a really strong hand. I don't know if he hits it necessarily lightly, but but because it's a lighter gauge pick and 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 because he knows how just how hard to hit it not to do that he hits it appropriate to what the string is mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah dave the voltage at my home uh varies throughout the day often going above 120 same with mine uh do you recommend a variac to somewhat protect modern tube amps uh yeah i would definitely try not to go above 120 it kind of sounds like crap um, it, it's, it definitely sounds nicer and warmer, even if, even if you reduce it a little, you know, like you're technically the wall voltage is supposed to be 117. Uh, 120 is more of the, what we consider the standard and what the amps are actually spec for. Um, I would try to run it a little below 120, between 115 and 120. Yeah. I was going to say, um, you could try this product from Sweetwater. The brown box. You can try the brown box. Brown box is cool. It's got a nice little readout. Also, there's a Variac available that has a readout, although it doesn't do amperage. It does the voltage readout in digital form, sort of like this brown box. And that's maybe $70. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. So just an option. Um, let's see. Uh, what are some lesser known or odd pedals you put in front of an amp for a specific or cool tone? 
Oh God. Huh. I mean, like everything and anything. Uh, uh, lesser known and odd. Pe- I might have to think about this for a while. Come up with some. I mean, I've seen everything. Mm. I've seen someone that took an old um, Fender Solid State practice amp and used it as a pedal. I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen some weird stuff over time. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool, like a top five strange combinations or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Could do that. Um, let's see. Dave, you're going to get me divorced. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a small box combo while you were modding my BE100, and now I can't uh, – BE100 Deluxe, and now I can't get myself to sell it after getting my Deluxe back. Twin sister should be here Monday. <laughs> well, yeah, Joe, I'm sorry. Yeah, trust me. I know. I know the kind of your drug dealer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. You can always apologize later. That's that's what they usually say. <laughs> I was. That's what someone said to me when I was at Gear Fest, and uh, I was on the phone. I remember I, I was looking at that. I was with Sammy, and I was looking at a really nice Gibson acoustic. Yeah, I told you. And, and your wife wouldn't let you buy it. Right. Uh, I was like, that was a one time. <laughs> The one time my wife was like, no. Um, and the price was so good, too. And I called her. And then as, as I was getting off the phone, this guy, random guy just walking by goes, oh, man, you made a big mistake. You asked for you asked for apologies later. You apologize later. Yeah. Buy it first and apologize later. Okay. I suppose as long as the mortgage is paid and everything's done, you know, you're, you're kind of good to go. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Stephen Douglas. Uh, oh wait, sorry. Good. Oh yeah, the Variac Chinese Chinese Variac. I don't know. I have to look. What amperage Variac do you recommend? Uh, Stephen Douglas. Um, was it a five amp? That was the five. Five amp is fine for one amp. Yeah. If you want to run multiple amps off it, get a bigger one like a ten amp. Uh. Uh, exotic guitars. Have I uh, uh, Juicy Fee? Have you tried exotic guitars? Yeah, they're great, man. Um, exotic makes some really nice stuff these days. Um, and we actually know the else here. Yeah, we could probably get them on the show too. Stephen um, Douglas. What do you know about Jeff Bober, the amp builder Jeff Bober? He's the original designer of uh, boot amps, and he's local to you. And Jeff is a super cool guy. I love Jeff. Um, I know he does some repairs and stuff now too. So he's he's a really good amp guy. Near you, uh, use him. Um, you see this one, Dave? Can you tell us a bit about the Philax amp? I don't think it doesn't really have a built-in variac. So what it has is a voltage switch, and it, it doesn't really do voltage for the whole amp. It just varies the voltage to the preamp section of the amp. Uh, one position is a higher voltage, and one is a, a lower voltage. So one's more bold, and the other is a little squishier and softer. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Freakout. That's a great Digitech Freakout. Is a cool pedal. Um, yeah, that's great though. Uh, let's modern see. vintage set of court. Oh, you saw this? Yeah, is this on? That's the one you're talking about. 
yeah, I who knows? I don't know. Ask ask Paul. <laughs> How's that? Hmm. Yeah. Ask Paul. Um, can't ask him here because he won't come on. Bemo, my next wife should be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, right, exactly. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. Always buy the guitar. I, I definitely should have bought that guitar. As I whisper it. <laughs> um, EVH needs a signature amp with you, Dave. Mm, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, how do you like iconic guitars or Marvin guitars? I've not heard of Marvin guitars. I uh, I know of iconic, and they seem to make nice stuff. I, I haven't really played one in person though. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave, has there been a cheap or reissue amp that you thought had good tone? Bluesbreaker, Pawn Shop Series, or Gibson Les Pauls? You know, the old Sovtech amp kind of had a good tone, but they might fall apart in your hands. <laughs> um, those were cheap at, at one point in time. Uh, but literally, they might fall apart in your hands. So there's some work to be done to them before they kind of become reliable. Okay. Uh, yes, this is what I thought. Sam Ash does own Michael Kelly, which was an independent company before. They're nice guitars, low mid-budget. That's what I thought. Um, you guys need to have Reinhold Bogner on the show. We will. Yeah. Got to get ready for that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, brimstone guitars. No no idea, Stacy Brown. I don't know what brimstone guitars are. Me either. Uh, and... <laughs> Danilo R. Heaven Chavez. I think you need a shorter name. Um, <laughs> you mod an amp for Adam Jones. I did work on Adam Jones' famous Marshall uh, uh, many years ago. Uh, I didn't mod it. I, I, I have worked on it, though. Hmm. He just got his own uh, signature guitar with Gibson. Um, wait, 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 wait. Sam Ash is no longer selling Music Man. All products are on clearance. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I recently heard iconic guitars may or not may not use iconic labeled Sir pickups. Don't know. Not sure. Uh, I know a guy to ask. What alcohol lets you hear the best tone? <laughs> None of them. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, oh, this question I saw. Why won't Paul come on? Um, so, I mean, I'll talk about my experience. And, I mean, we'd love to have Paul Reed Smith on the show. Sure. Uh, I ran into him at uh, GearFest and asked him to come on the show. And... Um, he was in the middle of doing something, so his attention span was pretty pretty limited with our conversation. Um, and he gave me an email address, which was wrong. Um, 
And I finally figured out what the email address was. And I emailed the person like five times to find out if, they, if Paul can come on the show. And I never received a response. Um, and then when I asked Paul there um, if he would make a lefty silver sky, I was told no chance in hell as he walked away. So I kind of felt left down, let, let down with that interaction with Paul, but I would love to have Paul on the show. I, clearly, I'm buying a guitar. I'm a big fan of his stuff. Um, so I think it would be great to have him on the show. If anybody knows him and can talk to him and have him on the show, it would be, be great. That's the story, the honest-to-God story. Um, let's see. Here, there you go. Cannabis lets you see the best tone. <laughs> sure it does. <laughs> uh, Mescal makes me the best player and the worst. <laughs> yes. Uh, does does he marshal 2210 mod well? Ooh. A twenty-two ten, you pretty much have to gut. Mm. So you're at that point, it's just um, a shell. So you pretty much have to rebuild the whole thing. So uh, can it mod well? Sure, but at that point, you're just using the chassis and the transformers. So you better have gotten it cheap. <laughs> um, how does a synergy or? Uh, sound. How does a Sin 1 or Sin 2 sound through a solid-state amp? You guys rock. Well, I mean, a, a jazz core is probably not great. Uh, the power engine is more like a power amp. Maybe it would sound okay. Um, other solid-state amps it could work with, possibly. Um, um, although, you know, like, you don't want to put in, you want to put it into more of a power amp than a than a, a guitar amp front end, so to speak. Okay. How does the Synergy Dirty Shirley module compare to the Twin Sister? Uh, is it, I mean, essentially, the, the, the Twin Sister is two Dirty Shirleys, so to speak. Uh, the only difference is that you have a, a kind of a, a bright switch now that kind of tightens up the sound and brightens it up a little bit. Um, uh, so really, that would be the only difference. And um, the, they're, they're talking about the module. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The module actually has two channels, so it's more like a twin sister than a regular dirty. Uh, yeah, so it, basically it's like uh, the two channels on that is one is like with the gain structure switch on the Dirty Shirley in the, in the highest position, and the other one is like in the one down position, basically. Mm. So one slightly less gain than the other channel. Okay. What do you think is your most underrated amp model? Mm. You know, the funny thing is the, the, the Bucks and Betty amps really underrated and really cool. Uh, it, it, it sounds great, but it's an unbelievably good pedal platform. Mm. Works particularly well um, for pedals. Cool. Dave, have you ever built a sleeper amp for a touring artist, like a head shell with your guts? Oh, like some other head shell with my guts? Yeah, like a Mar like a Marshall with a Friedman guts inside. Oh, I've never done that. Uh, although someone did that. <laughs> uh, uh, the guy in five 
finger death punch did do that. Took a B100 and put a Marshall logo on it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Some yeah. contractual agreement or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What is the best 50 watt option as a backup to the JK amp? The small box or the runt? Well, if, if you want the closer, well, well, I mean, I mean, with the small box, you get the the plexi channel um, of the Jake essentially. Uh, the drive channel is different though, but maybe between those two, maybe the small box. Okay. Oh, I thought I had that. Uh, wait. Yes, we. I did that, right? Uh, Doug, thanks for the super chat, by the way, if I didn't say that. Um, there was another correct question here. Here, uh, does a Carvin Legacy 1 mod well? Love my small box. No, it does not. Mm. Uh, would you recommend Freeman Amp with Mesa tubes? Mesa, I should say, Mesa tubes. Uh, Mesa. Mesa. I say Mesa. Mesa boogie. Uh, uh, Mesa does not use European tubes. Not Well, I mean, sort of. I mean, Slovakian JJ12AX7s, um, I guess that would be a European tube. Uh, other than that, the EL34s that they currently use are EHs. And most of the other tube is some SOTEC variant. So um, I guess there was some Chinese also, but Chinese aren't available at all anymore. So, um, I mean, you could. If you use Mesa tubes in the amp and you say use the blue ones or something, and the amp was biased for the blue ones, you could get the blue ones again, and they would be roughly in the same bias range. Um, uh, but you can do that with other companies too. You know, like if you if you get tubes from Ruby or some other, or, you know, or some other place that labels their tubes with the numbers on it, TAD or something, they you can re repeat it with the same numbers. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but amps drift, so it's not a bad idea to bias it every time. Hmm. When I bought my BE100, I played it through a Friedman 2x15, 2x12 hybrid cab. What was that cab? I've never seen another one. Yeah, we make it. We make it still. It's a 215, 212 cab. It's huge. Wow. <laughs> it's like a big 412 on steroids. Wow. That must yeah. sound fucking killer. It, it sounds big. It sounds really big. Punchy. Um, Mark, what didn't jive with you on the Metropolis that you had? So I had the Metropolis uh, Metroplex. Um, and George is a great guy. Love George. Um, I, it just, there was a bit of a, some kind of muffled sound to it that I didn't like. Um, so I A-beat it with a few amps. Uh, I beat it with Dave's amp, um, and it just there was something about the tone that just didn't 
jive with me. So I was just, so I sold it. Um, but I know a lot of people who love his stuff and sounds good. I, I think George is a really talented guy. Uh, just wasn't for me. Um, what is a good 5881 two power amp to run my Synergy Dirty Shirley and others into? 5881 two power amp. Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, the Synergy power amp has 5881s in it. Maybe that. Was it really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Deja Blue says, uh, Dave, maybe outside of your wheelhouse, any opinion on Sennheiser E906 versus a vintage 409? Is the 906 close? 906 is closer for sure than, than the other thing that they put out for a while. Um, a vintage 409, though, is still pretty great. Does anyone use a BBE Sonic Maximizer? I've actually thought about buying one flame suit on. Yeah, you know, I, I, I got to say, man, those things, you know, often in the loop of an amp would, would just make it instant, like heavy sounding. Um, but I haven't seen one in a rig since probably 1989 or 90. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that tells you anything. Right. The Synergy Bass Amp. Interesting. Maybe. Yeah. What are the difference between the Synergy and the Fryat 1U power amps? Well, well they definitely hold a similar DNA. Um, uh, Stevie originally uh, uh, designed the Synergy amp. Um, I think we made some changes with um, how it feels. We made ours a little spongier and a little more guitar amp-like. Uh, I think he went with a slightly more uh, um, transparent sort of design. So... Just some ver slight variances. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the new Soldano amps? I think they sound fantastic. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they sound proper. I mean, they sound. I heard the comparison of the newer one versus the old original Stevie Ray Vaughan Soldano that, you know, is a very old version. And uh, it was spot on. Okay. Uh, Dave, can you give us a brief synopsis of, of your EL34-2 bias adjustments? What do you mean? <laughs> I think it depends on the amp, right? Uh, I mean, on our amp internally, we have one-ohm bias resistors on the tube sockets. Uh, so all you need is a meter, really, if, you're, if this is something you're comfortable doing yourself. If not, please take it to some other qualified technician to do it. Um, uh, we don't do any external bias points. I know I've been asked a million times to do it, but uh, I don't know. I kind of don't like giving people that control. Mm. Um, so, I mean, generally we bias the EL34s to around 32 milliamps um, for for the EH EL34s. I, I, I mean, pretty much you can bias it to anywhere between 30 and 40 milliamps, and you're okay. Um, depends on what you like the sound of best. Um, guitar 77 thought the synergy power amp was 6L6s. Well, it's 1581s. Oh. 
pretty sure that's what they're putting in it now. Originally it was. What's my favorite synergy module? Um, I go back and forth. I really like the SLO. I really like the Dirty Shirley. Um, and the VH4. Those are my favorites. Yeah, those are cool. Um, I also go back and forth with the Plexi module as well. Uh, that one's great. The new, the new, uh, the new Triat ones are cool too. The Ultra Lead and the Deliverance. Super mm. cool. Yeah, they look really cool. Pigs and Zen asked, "What's going on with the twenty one butter slacks that Bill asked you to build him?" Mm. Uh, I haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> Hang on, give me a minute. <laughs> uh, let's see what's the difference between the clean channels and the BE100 and then JJ100 um, mid-range knob um, mostly a mid-range knob hmm. basically the same channel as in an old BE100 yeah. what was the hardest rig that you put together Hardest rig. George Pahone. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, man, there's been so many over the years. I mean, I, I've done some pretty elaborate rigs for the killers over the years with, like, lots of pedals and lots of stuff going on. Um, hardest rig. I have to think about that one for a minute. I, I mean, I've been doing it for so long, I'm just like, I might be forgetting something here. Mm -hmm. you know? um, Bud, we answered this question. Um, you get asked that question a lot about bias ports in the yeah. back. Uh, do you think vintage components in a T-style treble bleed makes a difference from modern resistors, i.e. resistors and disc paper capacitors? On a treble bead, bleed across a volume pot? No. I mean, no. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, as far as a tone knob goes, I mean, you should use a good quality capacitor, but, I mean, a tone knob, really, I mean, when it's all the way up, it's kind of out. Doesn't, I mean, it's not totally out, but it's kind of out. I mean, it's not going to make that much of a difference either. Um, uh, personally, I, I don't like treble bleed at all. Um, but then again, in certain pickups and certain things, they need treble bleeds. Um, but I, I find, uh, with a lot of like three minute picks, pickups and stuff, you don't really need treble bleeds. We don't put them in our guitars. It really affects the, the, the taper of the volume knob. And if you use your volume knob a lot, you really, it kind of screws with it. It really pretty much, uh, makes the range much narrower, right. uh, turning it down. Yeah. Um, hey, what's your favorite single coiled size humbucker for a HSS Strat? Oh, more traditional sounding or less traditional sounding? Um, that was a single coil size, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, hmm. uh, it's probably something from DiMarzio. Uh, they make some pretty good stacked. Uh, hum canceling single coils. Uh, they also make uh, 
a couple of their blade pickups are pretty cool, like the chopper and stuff. Mm. Uh, they're pretty cool. Uh, yeah, because I didn't like the Duncan little fifty nine. I don't. I don't like the Duncan ones at all. I don't like the little fifty nine at all. I don't like uh, any of the other ones at all. I did. I don't hate the um, the old hot rails, but the hot rails are pretty hot. I, the neck version of the hot rails is kind of cool in a bridge because uh, it's a little weaker. Okay. And cool uh, rails, I never tried really. So. Daniel says, Mark, with all that gear in the background, you need to play for us live on the show one day. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe one day. Um, you hear me play at the beginning of the show, though. Um, this is a good question. What soldering tip is best for guitar wiring? What size or shape? Um, I mean, just a standard kind of pointy tip probably is good for guitar wiring or a real small chisel tip. Okay. Uh, you guys should get Tom Bukovac on your show. Yeah. yeah. He's on the list. Definitely. Um, EVH 5153 Lunchbox Stealth or PRS MT15. I haven't played the PRS MT15, so I don't know. Dave, what are your thoughts? To be honest, I haven't played either. Yeah, me either. I mean, I had another, I had a lunchbox EVH, first one. It was cool. Squealed a little bit, um, but whatever. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, Dave's favorite para EQ pedal. Pyramid. That doesn't really exist. It should. And the, I mean, I, I would go with the, old, the PQ3, the old Furman Rackbone one. Mm. But, um, and I thought about making one for a while. Uh, yeah, we talked about that on the show, actually. You never know, maybe. Does Joe Satriani own a Friedman amp? He used to. He sold it. Oh, damn. Uh, he off a bunch of gear for charity or something. Hmm. Any suggestions for a humbucker size P90 that has a legit P90 bite and growl? Best hum canceling P90 that I ever heard was Fralin. Those those sound good. I still owe him a phone call. I have to call Lindy. Um, just been so busy. Uh, let's see, Dave. Without caring about upkeep costs, reliability, and cost of parts in your amps, what? Could and would you change to enhance the feel and tone? Thoughts on using Grare, vintage, or new old start stock parts? I think I've already, I mean, I don't believe in necessarily using that stuff. Um, I think I've already kind of maximized that kind of vibe with our Synergy mustard caps and stuff, which are made like, you know, old caps or paper, paper caps and uh, um, film and foil, in other words, paper that paper film and foil um and uh you know all the other stuff i've selected has kind of been for its tone i mean i don't i, I mean i've had so many vintage amps where i've cloned in modern amps and was able to do it with modern parts so just kind of have a good ear for it there's different ways to manipulate it to get the tones you want out of it mm. uh wait, no 
Dave, any chance on making a 5150 or higher gain metal right focused amp? Um, maybe. I mean, quite honestly, I had a 5150, 50 watt. I mean, if you take your BE100 and put it into saturation mode, it's that's pretty, pretty much reasonably heavy. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, again, it's 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 the marketplace. How how many are going to sell? Right. You know, just and you know, at what price point and what's it? You know, maybe I've thought about that many times, but um, generally that market uh, is pretty slim for people being able to afford the amps. Mm, true. Yeah, it's a pretty slim, reasonably slim market true um dave any idea on your designs for a k66 backend amp kt66 i'm assuming yeah uh i mean you could do that now you can put kt66 in a dirty shirley if you'd like um not particularly because the choices of kt66s are pretty slim uh, and, and what you know of what you're going to use uh, the Chinese ones. Well, all Chinese tubes are pretty much gone away right now because uh, the factory's closed, and most of the KT sixty sixes came from China. So uh, we talked about this before. Vox styled amp, Dave. I think that's coming. I do a vintage line. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on greenbacks in the top of one of a new vintage uh, Friedman vertical two twelves. Tried it, uh, didn't like it, and also would greatly reduce the power handling of that cabinet, so probably not a good idea. Mm. Uh, Dave, any thoughts on a KT88 Blackmore style amp? I don't even know what that means exactly. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Is that a 200 watt amp? I mean, I, you know, you could put KT88s now into a B100 you'd like you know it can be done how do you use the lexicon pcm 42 for stereo widening effect well traditionally what that was was just a small uh very small delay time that kind of doubled uh doubled the um the other amp in other words you would if you had two amps you'd put it in the loop of one amp in the old days they used to put them in front of the amps and they would just slightly delay the other amp, so it gave it a widening effect or a doubling effect. Okay. Um, I'm starting to get tired. Uh, let's see. What's the most common wall pedal pros use? What's your favorite? Well, the golden – what's the uh, – the, your – I mean, the most common – I mean, uh, you know, generally speaking, some form of a Dunlop wall, generally. Um, the, there's not one common thing. I mean, I've modified laws for years and stuff for people. Um, you know, the Cantrell law is cool. The, uh, I, I, mean, I see, see a bunch of those. I see the standard laws, the, the ones that are auto switching on and off. Uh, you know, mostly just the Dunlop law. Mm -hmm. But check out the No More Tears. Wow. No More Tears is great, and we're going to do a redesign of it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, just some 
concerns and certain little things about the no more tears that we're going to alter a little bit so so we make everyone happy. Hmm. It does sound great. It does. Um, do you find digital pedals without a dedicated dry through like a helix stomp affect punch and tone when used in two bands loops? Yeah, we talked about that. Before. Yeah, it does a little bit. It affects the overall, you know, there's a little latency there actually that sometimes you can feel. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thoughts on Plect from the factory? Does it make manufacturers lazy with fretboard leveling? Well, you still, I mean, you still need to fretboard level it to some extent before you put the frets in. So, I mean, um, good question. Very good question. I don't know if I have an answer for that. Are your guitars good? Our guitars are plucked in. Yeah. Um, Dave, is there any concern if a circuit is built, guitar preamp, and the signal ends up with its phase flipped? I've been adding extra buffers to help flip it back if I skip a gain stage as a mode. I mean, what's in phase and what's... I mean, there's so many amps that are in and out of phase, it's not even funny. I mean, so no. I mean, every gain stage, like the HBE channel is out of phase with the BE channel, and, and the clean channel is out of phase with the BE channel, so... There's, you know, but it's in it, it, every multi-channel amp has faces flipped and stuff from channel to channel. Okay. So it is, if you're trying to use two amps and multiple channels out of each amp, then you have to take into consideration and, and you know, flip in a circuit that puts it back in phase if you're using certain combinations. Stephen Douglas, Dave's choice for single space rack power amp, solid state or tube for rock metal using an MP1 for preamp. Well, if you want super light, a Matrix uh, GT1000, that's a solid state power amp. If you super light, that'll be super light and loud. Uh, other than that, uh, the Synergy 1U power amp or the Fry amp for tube stuff. Other than distortion and reverb, what is your favorite effect? Modulation. I, I don't use reverb really much. So it's mostly uh, delays and, and modulations mostly. Okay. I, I love all different kinds of modulations from vibratos to mm -hmm. certain kind of wobbly choruses to detunes to flanges and phases and all sorts of stuff. It's yeah, I was going to say I'm crazy not in that category. I love phasers and flangers. Um, uh, other than distortion and reverb, what's your, okay, well, we already asked that. Uh, I see I'm getting tired. Um, Dave, did you design the BE100 gain stages to clip at 120 volts, similar to how Plexi's would at 90? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. What do you mean? I mean, that's a, I mean, it doesn't really make two different amps completely two different architectures completely dave thoughts on the dunlop rack dunlop rack was it works well i put it in a lot of rigs uh it doesn't sound as good as the individual was though no no noise problems what's your favorite guitar and amp to play when you're just sitting around the house i don't <laughs> I mean, I don't really because 
generally speaking, I'm working six days a week and I wind up playing amps every day, you know, at stuff I'm working on generally. Right. I think we've gone through all the questions. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody. We've had a steady crew of like 300 people for over two hours. So that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks everybody for watching. Um, we're going to do more of these shows. We'll have a, we'll announce the next one soon of when we'll do it. Um, unfortunately, uh, Tosin Abasi wasn't able to make the show tonight, um, but we did reschedule. So he'll be coming on in November, uh, later November. Uh, next guest is Misha Mansour. He is confirmed. Um, and I'll be testing with him the day before, and he's all set for next Friday. And then on my birthday, September 26th, we've got Rusty Anderson, who plays with uh, Paul McCartney. Um, so psyched to talk to him. Oh, yeah, Rusty Anderson, Paul McCartney, before that, uh, a session guitar player in Los Angeles for, um, uh, like, for instance, he played on Living La Vida Loca from Ricky Martin. Uh, oh. He uh, was in a band called Edna Swap in the 90s, uh, which was a rock band um, and, and, and has some great, great, great stories because uh, Rusty's been around Los Angeles forever. So, you know, he had bands uh, that were, you know, opening up for Van Halen and stuff back in the, in the club days and things like that. So, Oh, that would be awesome. To hear. There's, some, there's some cool old stories that were that are there. Awesome. Uh, October 2nd is Steve Lukather again, uh, part two. Get your questions ready. Get your questions ready, exactly. Dave Wiener from Steve Vai's band, October 9th. Uh, we've got James Santiago from Universal Audio on October 23rd. Martin Kidd from Victory Amps on October 30th. Uh, and Josh Fiden, or Fiden? Fiden. Fighting uh, from Voodoo Labs on November 13th. So we got a pretty much booked throughout the rest of the year. Um, so it's going to be awesome. And uh, what else? What else was I going to say? Oh, make you guys check out the links. Make sure when I um, when this video is done, I'm going to post the links for the pedals so you can check them out. Uh, and that $4,000 reverb, make sure you buy that. Uh, <laughs> uh so please check out Sweetwater in the link we provide and press the subscribe and click the bell, please. And uh, we'll be back next Friday for you guys. Sweet. All right. We'll see you guys around. This was fun. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Really awesome. appreciate it. Take care. Take care.